When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. I've got another confession to make. I'm your fool. Everyone's got the chains to break. Holding you. Were you bothering About to uh, get on the plane at LAX, and I was reading the uh, the papers, and I was getting these updates on my phone, and I heard that Taylor Hawkins, the very, very, very talented drummer for this band right here, the Foo Fighters, one of their really, really great songs, had passed away, and I was like, what? You guys, Lou, you know, I just mentioned before I went to California, what a big Foo Fighters fan I am, and to read that, I was I was shocked. Shocked. 50 years old. 50 years old. You know, I, I, I recall Lou is a huge Foo Fighters fan. Huge. I think he is too, Bern. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, everybody is. If you liked uh, Nirvana, you like Dave Grohl, you like that, that 90s era of uh, grunge music, Bernard, then you have to love the Foo Fighters. And then I saw that they were actually in Bogota, Colombia, about to perform on Saturday night. Get this. I- at a Four Seasons in Bogota. I know, a fancy Four Seasons. And I said, he must have OD'd on cocaina, which, of course, is uh, all over Colombia. But as far as I know, they just found heroin, just heroin, and a bunch of other illicit drugs at his fancy Four Seasons hotel room. But that is a tragic loss. You know, back in, like, 2006, Bernie and Lou, they actually did a poll, and they rated Taylor Hawkins as the greatest drummer alive back then in 2006. And... He did uh, tragically pass away this weekend. More details are coming in. Anyway, it is great to be back. I have to tell you, Bernie, that last week you were terrific. I, I got texts from Bernie just about every day. It's a big deal. I'm inside my trailer. I was nervous on Monday and Tuesday. And to get texts from my man with hearts and best of luck and I miss you, you're doing great, meant a lot to me. It was an amazing week. I'll provide details throughout the week, but it was really great, Bernie, to have your support, your love, the text I got from you meant a lot. So it's great to be back, Bernard, and specifically be back with you. Well, you were missed in a big, big way. And, and by, by the way, the pictures coming out of the, uh, the shoots that you were doing, it's incredible. I mean, it's like, a, you know, it looks like uh, some sort of a Goodfellas remake or something like that. <laughs> I can't believe the, the way they did you up. Uh, they let your hair grow out a little bit. And uh, I mean, you look like a, you look like a freaking uh, a two-bit mobster. I, I did, and uh, right now on WABCRadio.tv, and I know this thing is not live, so you'll watch this later. But they put up a picture 
inside the Gemini Lounge, which they rebuilt at this little studio in Los Angeles. Willow Studios in downtown L.A. looks exactly like the Gemini Lounge on Flatlands Avenue in Brooklyn going back 40 years. And you see me in that picture with Danny A., the genius behind the movie. The guy's a big-time actor, director, best friends with Leo, done movies with De Niro, Pacino, all of them. Lucy Hale, the only lady in this picture. Bernie, 24 million followers on Instagram. 24 million. Outside of Donald Trump, I don't know anybody who's got that many followers. Lucy Hale. Have you heard of uh, ever heard of her name before this uh, particular movie? It's funny you say that. No. So I text Ava and I go, do you know Lucy Hale? She goes, oh, my God, Daddy, please get me a video. Uh, yeah. She was in this uh, movie, Pretty Little Liars, that did really well, specifically in South America. You know who she is, Lou, before? Uh, it was a series, not a movie. It was a, a series. series? Yes. Okay. Went on for like four it was like seasons. one of those teenage girl cult yeah. sort of, yes. you know. Yeah. yeah. There, but was be, a, there was a secret going on, and they were all, there was four women, I think. Oh, right? so you know it better yeah. than I do. Well, yeah, it, no, turned out, I know. it turned out to be a huge Thank hit God. in South America. She said like 18 of her 24 million followers came from South America, Bernie. That's how big this thing was. And i tell you who else was great. There's Jake Cannavale. You know his father, Bobby, big-time actor. Oh, his, sure, yeah. His son, Jake, is a great actor. And he was, uh, he was fun to work with. He plays that guy, Chris Rosenberg, that Curtis Sliwa was yelling about last week. No relation to me, folks, but the same name. And he was great. So you had Emil Hirsch, who was in a bunch of big-time movies, including Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So at one point, I'm sitting there behind the bar, and there's cameras everywhere, makeup people. And to say it was surreal, Bernie, I mean, look, I've done the Gravesend stuff. I don't want to knock Gravesend. It's a good TV show. I've shot scenes in Miami and Brooklyn. I'm shooting more scenes in Brooklyn next month. It's a, it's a big deal. They just but, signed, by the way, uh, Gravesend. They just signed, uh, what's his name? Chaz uh, Palminteri. Chaz Palminteri, right, yes. Right, And Vinny Pastore, who played Big Pussy in The Sopranos. They signed him, too. It's a big deal, that show. Dice Clay, Armand DeSante. But to be on a movie set, Bernie, it was just, and Bo will talk about it tomorrow, Bo Deedle. It was just amazing. So, uh, the weather was perfect, 85 and sunny every day. No humidity, palm trees, you know, Beverly Hills, <laughs> Los Angeles. Not, not a rough place to be. And I will say this, Bern, and don't get angry. In five days in Los Angeles, going back and forth between my Beverly Hills hotel and the studios in Los Angeles and spending some days 11, 12 hours on the movie set, I did not check in what was going on with the Ukraine and Russia. And, in fact, not one person on that set talked about it once. In the five days I was out in Los Angeles. So I got back. I wanted to ask you, is that war still going on? Uh, I believe it is. And, and you say don't get mad. I hate it. I can't stand it. I, I mean, it's, I, I know it's, I said it's, that it's, kind of it, I was kind of uh, sarcastic because I know you hate it. It is. It's like ubiquitous. It's all over the place. I mean, you just can't cannot get away from the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the war, the war. You would think it was taking place in Utah or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's halfway around the world, and I know it's terrible, it's awful, it's suffering. You know, there's a uh, civil war in Ethiopia going on right now. 500,000 people have died. I mean, there's misery all over the place. But uh, I know this has, uh, you know, geopolitical significance, and we could be dragged into it, and it's important and all that stuff. But it is the most depressing thing to have to watch day in and day out. And again, you know, you know, part of the job here is you got to know what's going on. At least I think I do anyway. And uh, so no, I have to I don't I have to actually pay some <laughs> some attention to it. Yeah, but I, I absolutely it is really, really 
It is a downer, and uh, I can't wait for this damn thing to end. Well, uh, they're going to kill Putin, right? Isn't that what Joe Biden kind of alluded to? Now he's in all kinds of trouble. And listen, I, I can't stand Joe Biden. I don't like using the word hate. I really don't, because I usually reserve that word for terrorists, you know, people like the Tsarnev brothers who blow up bombs at a Boston marathon. But I'm close to hating Joe Biden. But I have to tell you, uh, not all that upset that he actually kind of inferred that uh, he wanted somebody to take out Putin, kill him. That one didn't bother me, Bernard, all that much. Yeah, but it works against us. That's the problem. Everybody has that same sentiment, of course. Everybody wants the guy's throat to be cut. I mean, that would solve the problem immediately, except you don't know necessarily who who will replace him. I mean, look at Iraq. You got rid of Saddam Hussein. And what did you get? You got an Iran-friendly regime. Same thing in Libya. You got rid of Gaddafi. Yep, same and point. And you got nothing yep. but chaos. And ISIS yep. grew out of chaos. So yep. you got to be careful what, what, what you wish for, what you say, especially if you're the president of the United States. You don't want, you know, his stated uh, uh, goal is to keep us out of World War III. Saying stuff like that doesn't further that goal whatsoever. So he, it was very, very sloppy. Let's, let's call him Sloppy Joe. He said Sloppy Joe. <laughs> sloppy Joe. I like that. He said, yeah. I true. like that a lot. He sloppy said a whole, Joe. Hey, listen, this is one out of like three or four things he said last week. Yeah. He talked about the, the, the United States is going to experience a, a big food shortage, and then the White House has to retract. He says that we will respond in kind uh, to any Russian chemical weapon attack. And, of course, the White House had to say, no, no we're not going to do that. Responding in kind means we would use uh, chemical weapons as well. Mm. And so, anyway, all this sloppy, sloppy talk. That's why, forget Sleepy Joe, Sloppy Joe. And, by I the way, that. he was in the middle of giving what, for him, was a halfway decent speech, a rousing speech. Long on rhetoric, short on details, short on actually really helping uh, the Ukrainian people. But for him, he was getting away with, he was doing a halfway decent job. And then he screwed it up with that uh, ad lib comment. And one thing I, I, I meant to, uh, I wanted to point out is that none of the Sunday show, fake news Sunday show people who had his uh, administration people on to straighten out the record, nobody asked, was that in the teleprompter? Did he really mm. go off teleprompter or mm. did some writer put it in there? Good question. Uh, and I, I, I have not heard no, nobody ask. Any, uh, you know, bl- Winkin, Blinken, and Sullivan well, you, or any your, of these people. Your thoughts are that somebody did write that for him or no? Well, my thoughts, I don't think so, but uh, I would like to know for sure. That's a good question. I'll tell you what, as we bring this closer to home, and you talk about how this is all the way around the world, you know, a football team, I'll make a football analogy here. I was just in Los Angeles. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. When the team goes 0-17, they lose every single game, and the coach is out there at the end of the year, and he says, I got to tell you, the team sucks, I suck, and you look at him and you go, well, that's great. I mean, yeah, you, you know, that's kind of obvious. The team sucks, you suck, and... But he's going to get fired, right? I mean, it doesn't matter whether he's accountable or not. He's going to get fired. So the analogy here is Eric Adams, who tells us that he's going to save this city, that he's going to solve the crime problem. Vote for me instead of Curtis Sliwa because I'm going to get New York back where it was years and years ago. And then this weekend he refers to New York City as the laughing stock because crime continues to surge. Well, that doesn't make him a hero because he's admitting something we already know. He ran on saving this city. He's not saving this city. So how am I supposed to take Eric Adams' comments, Bernie, over the weekend? Well, I, I will say this. Uh, in this context, and he's right, we are a laughingstock. We're like Chicago. Uh, what what uh, he did last week is, believe it or not, he brought back broken windows. Yes, he did. Yes. Broken windows is back. So in that context, he's... Uh, 
He's trying to embarrass people. He broke. Uh, he brought back broken windows, by the way, after last weekend, not this past one, the one before. There were like uh, I don't know, 31 shootings in the city, and he was embarrassed. And he ended up. Uh, uh, he ended up summoning Keechan Sewell, the commissioner of the NYPD, and the chief. Yep. To uh, to, to uh, you know uh, headquarters to his uh, not Gracie Mansion City Hall, he he summoned them to City Hall and as the New York Post characterized it, he reamed them out, and he told them we're bringing back broken windows and that means everything from every little uh, you know uh, offense on the street. Uh, so all these, uh, he, you know, he actually went to see uh, Lori Lightfoot about a week ago. He went to, just about a week and a half ago. He went to see Lori Lightfoot for tips on uh, curbing and uh, uh, reducing crime. And that's like going to Governor Christie for tips on running a marathon. I mean, what the hell are you doing? So at some point he got religion. Oh maybe, maybe, uh, uh, maybe on the DL he called uh, Rudy Giuliani and said, you're the guy I should be talking to. Uh, he should do that, but he's already referred to his tactics as racist in the past. But maybe he's come, uh, come around now, reached out to Rudy and or Bo. I don't know. Uh, two more stories quickly wrap up this first segment. We've done Ukraine-Russia. We've done Eric Adams in New York City. My trip to Los Angeles. The St. Peter's run is over. They took it on the chin. Both those games yesterday, big blowouts. UNC blowing out St. Peter's. They've got a date with Mike Krzyzewski and Duke and Kansas running roughshod on Miami. They'll take on Villanova. But uh, something we By don't the way, often... keep, keep, keep this in mind. Uh, yes. The St. Peter's Peacocks, I was all in. I'm with them. I'm, I'm, go Peacocks. Go Peacocks. Yeah. And it turns out you, you watch. I, I put on the TV. I'm watching the game. Yeah. Uh, well, I believe it was uh, Friday night. And uh, what do I see on the sidelines? Black Lives Matter T-shirt. Of course. Oh, Black of Lives course. Freaking Matter T-shirt. Of course. Keep it out of the game. No, no, no. You idiots. No, no. So, you know, screw them, the uh, the, the, the St. Peter's uh, pea brains. Well, it's not. That's funny, too. Uh, you're on fire early on here, Bernard, from, like, downtown in 18 minutes. By the way, the UNC players are also into it. So it's not like, well, I'm going to root see any of the, I didn't see any T-shirts. Keep it to yourself. Uh, throughout the season, they, they all wear them. They all wear them. I, I, mean, I don't want to just make it exclusive to St. Peter's, but you're right. I did see that. On Friday as well, which was tough to watch. It's ignorant. Something we don't uh, usually talk about a lot on this show, award shows, but again, for the big stories, we got to talk about what went down between Will Smith and Chris Rock at last night's Oscars. I did tell you guys weeks ago, King Richard was a great movie, and I did tell you I thought Will Smith would win the Academy Award for portraying Venus and Serena's father, which he did. He was that good. But what happened on stage last night between Smith and Rock, when I first saw the slap, I'm like, well... That looks staged, but then the way Will Smith was yelling and screaming from his seat, I guess that was the real deal. That was uh, that was uncomfortable to watch that last night. No, Bernie? Uh, it was the uh, slap heard round the world. <laughs> it was the greatest night in Oscars history. It was terrific. It was it was it was a, I guess a combination of acting and reality. It was fantastic. No, it was real because uh, you know I, I immediately found a Japanese version where they ran it live. They didn't bleep anything out. And you have a lady in the back going, oh, blah, blah, blah. you know, she's, she's translating. But you could hear uh, uh, Will Smith saying, keep my wife's name out your blanking mouth. F, he used the F word there right. more than once, yeah. He's, and, he's, so, and, and, and Chris Walk kept going on and on. And Will Smith repeated it even louder and with a more, uh, you know, malevolent tone. And then Chris Rock finally said, okay, I will. But Chris Rock was the consummate pro. He actually, he went on. I mean, he took the slap. Yep. I mean, uh, he's a comedian. He made a joke about, gee, I know it goes, this is, goes deep, 
they have a history, and uh, supposedly uh, Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia. In other words, she's going bald. Right, just like uh, Demi Moore's character did in in G.I. Jane. Her her character was bald, and uh, that was a joke that Will Smith made. It certainly wasn't like a, a, God forbid, a cancer reference or something like that, but uh, she still has an issue, a medical issue, and uh, he went nuts, Will Smith, and, and protected Jada, which is very nice. By the way, they've got an open marriage. I don't know if folks well, know he, that, so he, he's banging he, other chicks he's while, a, he, while he's up there on stage smacking Chris Rock across the face. He's essentially uh, a cuckold. Uh, she, yeah, yeah. Jada likes to, uh, Jada, his wife Jada likes to spread, uh, you know, the love. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, and he deals with it uh, because I believe he's henpecked. And but, he was uh, actually, he's doing his own thing also. I know me. he is, because <laughs> yeah. what is he going to do? Once when, when she says, hey, I'm going to go out and do this, are you going to say, okay. But uh, he was actually, he laughed at the G.I. Jane joke. And then you see the uh, videotape. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is very, very upset. Then he cut to Chris Rock, and then apparently Jada communicated to him that she was not only upset but pissed. Embarrassed. And that's when he went up yeah. to uh, you know do his gallant uh, <laughs> his gallant act. But uh, let me just say this, uh, and I may get in trouble for saying this, but uh, Will Smith to me he hits like a girl. But I'm no biologist. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, thank God uh, uh, Chris Rock didn't make a joke about Alec Baldwin's wife. Oh, my God. He would have shot him. It would have been, yeah, we would have got shot, smacked, right. and uh, right. All of it. He'd, have, he'd have been, uh, yeah, he would have been in a body bag tonight. <laughs> Actually, Alec, uh, I don't think Alec was out of his way to protect his wife, to be honest. But that was, uh, if you missed it, go back and watch, uh, Google it, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock across the face last night. So already... The Bernie and Sid Show on this Monday morning off to a fiery start covering all the major stories from this weekend. As always, the number 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, along with Bernard and the Cashed. I do want to thank the thousands of you that sent me messages all week in Los Angeles last week, wishing me luck. And all of you that were uh, texting me this weekend, happy to get me home back on the air with Bernard this Monday morning. we got a big show, Rich Lowry is coming up. Jim Quinn out of Queens. He's also coming up. New York Post columnist. Lots to discuss Monday morning with your boys, Bernie and Sid, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Folks, download that app. Uh, it's amazing. That's the Stones right there. That that poor guy from the Foo Fighters uh, at 50 years old is dead, and Keith Richards is still kicking ass. <laughs> no, but, but their drummer died, too, not that long ago, right? Ronnie died a couple well, of years yeah. ago, right? Well, of uh, natural causes. Uh, yeah, that yeah. guy did, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but still, Keith Richards, I mean, this guy. <laughs> a vampire. He, he, he performed with needles sticking out of his arms, for God's sake. I'm starting to think that uh, the more drugs you do, that keeps you healthier and alive. I mean, look at me, for example. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stopped. Come on, bro. Yes, I did stop. That's Thank right. God. Yes. Thank God. Yeah, so Sid is back. Thank the Lord Jesus uh, for the return of Sid Rosenberg. And, uh, and anyway, it's been a great uh, almost half hour already. We talked a lot, a lot about everything, and of course, this uh, thing that happened between Chris Rock and uh, and Will Smith last night. What a wonderful, beautiful distraction from Ukraine! I swear to God, it is so refreshing. Something happened in Hollywood that 
really is compelling and something you want to find out about, you want to learn about. So anyway, let, let's play this, uh, this, this, this clip of Chris Rock doing the joke, and then you hear, actually, it was cut out in the United States. I tuned in just after it. My wife watched it. She was like, did you see that? Uh, but either way, they, they cut out all the uh, uh, Will Smith yelling, so people thought, because it looked like it was staged. I mean, it, it did, was, the smack especially. It was perfect, yeah, because and keep in mind that the Will Smith played Muhammad Ali, so he knows how to kind of throw a punch. But uh, it just looked like it was, it was completely uh, an act, but it wasn't. And this is, why, this is how you know, because uh, as uh, Will Smith went back to his seat, you hear him screaming out as Chris Rock was talking. So play the clip, and it's very interesting, riveting. Uh, take a listen to this. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. Here he comes. Here he comes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> Get my name out your f***ing mouth. Oh, my God. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your f***ing mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. So he was pretty cool about it. He fumbled the uh, subsequent, uh, he fumbled a couple of words, but... He was a consummate pro in the face of what happened to him. And you hear the Japanese lady translating it. That's where we, we got it from because it was Japanese TV. They didn't bleep it out like they did in the United States. But that was some nasty black-on-black -black crime, i got to tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was brutal. The LAPD put out a, uh, a release, a press release, saying that uh, if and only if Chris Rock files a complaint, then they will arrest Will Smith, but uh, otherwise... They're going to give him a pass, uh, you know. Is so. that true? I swear to God, yeah. Oh, my God. True. Yeah. Why, you think he should be arrested? Of course. He should be put oh. in jail this morning. I mean, if you want to further the whole thing and make it really exciting, because now that I'm really looking into this, the whole thing was staged. So they may as well take it a step further, arrest Will Smith today, have us talking Oscars tomorrow, because you know no one, no one cares that Jane Campion won. Quite well, frankly, listen, nobody listen, cares that listen. Will Smith won. Look, uh, Will Smith gave his, uh, he, he won the uh, Best Leading Actor Award. And he was brilliant. Moments later, and he was blubbering like a little girl. Oh, boy. And again, I don't know how I can make that characterization because I'm not a biologist, but <laughs> he was blubbering like a little, you know what I'm talking about, Sid. The uh, Supreme Court Justice last week was asked, she was asked, she, can you give me the definition of a woman? And she goes, no, I can't. I saw that. And so that's why this, I uh, saw you're going to hear a lot of this. My uh, daughter was so angry they even asked that question. But, uh, yes, I did see that. Well, it is completely and totally relevant because of the whole transgender, yeah. uh, uh, you know, guys cheating, rip, ripping off uh, girls of their scholarships and their dreams. That's why it's relevant. Maybe if you could convey that to your daughter in a polite way, <laughs> she might understand it, really. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. It starts off polite, and then it gets it usually devolves into something ugly, and then it ends well because I love my daughter, and she's brilliant and smart, and by the way, was accepted to Bristol University in London last week, which is a big, big deal for all of us. But um, it, it, it kind of goes, it's an ebb and flow situation, Bernie, up right. and down, back and forth, you know.
Yeah, no, I do know. Yes, uh, it's it's a uh, you got to be very delicate. Yes, I, I understand. And I don't want to ruin her spirit because even though I disagree with her a lot of the time, I like the fact that she's involved in these major topics and not sitting there watching reruns of the Gilmore Girls. You know what I'm saying? No, that's true. She's engaged. And that's exactly. A good thing. However, I mean, uh, you know, I, I could say that there. I don't want to be make uh, inappropriate analogies. But you can be engaged, and if you're engaged and taking the wrong side, yeah, I'd rather you not engage. You're right. (laughs) You're right. I mean, she actually mentioned the name of Greta Thunberg at dinner on Saturday, and that's when I said, "Okay, how about those Mets?" (laughs) (laughs) So look, we talked about the uh, Joe Biden disaster. He was more embarrassing than Kamala. We're in trouble. They're laughing at us. Talked about that, but there was a big protest over the weekend. Out in Deer Park, Long Island, there's, a, there's a, a park, a memorial park named after a man named Joseph Piagentini. He was the cop who was killed uh, 50 years ago, along with Waverly Jones, a black cop, by this uh, disgusting cop killer who's going to speak at SUNY Brockport on April 6th. And the good news, Sid, is this. Last week they changed it up. They're going to make it a virtual appearance. He's not going to actually be on campus. However, it's still on, but none other than... Uh, I mean, the Piagentini's widow was there yesterday. Lee Zeldin was there. Pat Lynch was there. As a matter of fact, cut 31, Pat Lynch in Deer Park yesterday protesting, trying to get this thing stopped, as we have been on the Bernie and Sid show for weeks now on April 6th in SUNY Brockport. Play uh, cut 31, Pat Lynch, please, Lou. We cannot pollute the minds of the next generation thinking it's okay if you kill. Call yourself a political prisoner. You're a murderer. So and that's right. God, that, I love him. That goes back to our, our previous conversation. You, minds are being poisoned. Yep. And that's SUNY Bright. That's on a college. They don't mention that he's a cop killer. They call him a political prisoner. Please. And finally, the uh, the officer's widow, Diane Piagentini, uh, she really lays it out nicely. Listen to her. Thirty five. This is a terrorist. An assassin. This man has done so much in his lifetime, so much criminal activity. I would not like to see the school be besmirched by hosting a brutal killer of police officers who will mislead your students by portraying himself as a political prisoner and a freedom fighter. So this poor lady has has had to live for 50 years with her beautiful husband, slain viciously by this this guy and and now he's at not only is he out of jail thanks to cuomo's parole board he's being honored i mean imagine the torture that this poor lady's going through but either way uh the fight is on lee zeldin is with us uh listen traffic and sports is coming up next but right now it is time for that 77 wabc clip of the day listen to the cats roundtable every sunday morning starting at eight o'clock here john talks ukraine with retired four-star general jack keen you're still talking about making peace. Where do you think we are? No, I think we're very much at war, and uh, it's going to continue for some time. I believe uh, from an excellent source that the Biden administration has been putting pressure on Zelensky to make a deal, and that and they've been doing that for well over a, a week. I think it's pretty shameful. What we have in front of us here is something we never uh, could have imagined at the beginning of the war. The United States Intelligence Services told the president and a national security team of the United States and likely talked to our European intelligence service as well, that it's likely that in three to five days, the Russians will take control of the capital city and topple the government. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness.
sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Kyrie Irving made his home debut yesterday. Finally a chance to play in Brooklyn as Eric Adams took out that vaccine mandate nonsense. Uh, it didn't work. Irving had a rough day, 6-22 of 22 from the floor. Durant, 9-24 of 24 from the floor. And the Hornets, led by LaMelo Bowles, 33 points, beat the Nets, 119-110 to 110 the final score. Now both Charlotte and Brooklyn are at 33-36, and 36, and they are sharing the 8-9 seed inside the Eastern Conference. And Knickerbockers, they had a better night. They beat the lowly Pistons, 104-102. to uh, Good effort by the whole team, 21 for Barrett, 20 for Randall, 18 apiece for Burks and Quigley. The Knicks improved to 33-42 and 42 on the season with the win. All three hockey locals in action yesterday. The Islanders lose 4-1 to one to Tampa Bay. The Devils got a 3-2 win over Montreal. And the Rangers blew a big lead, came back, though. And in overtime, it was Miller with the game-winning goal. Steal by Kopp. Kopp comes in. Kopp to Lafreniere. Sam Rosen on the call. The Rangers get past the Sabres by a final score of 5-4. to four. And final four action. We are there, folks, from New Orleans coming up this weekend. It was UNC ending the St. Peter's dream. Beat them by 20. That sets up a date between Duke and North Carolina next Saturday. Also, in the Midwest, Kansas moves on. They get a blowout win over Miami. Here was their head coach, Bill Self, after the win. So good. You guys want to celebrate a little bit, or are you too tired? Hell no! Get up here, man. <laughs> Kansas will take on Jay Wright and Villanova. Sports brought to you by our dear friend Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best spoilers with sports. I'm Sid. Great Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins continues here on this Monday morning on the Bernie and Sid Show. Hawkins tragically passing away. Looks like an OD, but we don't have those details just yet. There was a lot of drugs in his uh, fancy Four Seasons room in Columbia. 50 years old, Taylor Hawkins passed away. And, of course, the Foo Fighters did not perform in Columbia on Saturday night. They returned back to the States yesterday. A very, very emotional Dave Grohl from the uh, Nirvana days. Of course, that's his band now, the Foo Fighters, uh, and pictures everywhere crying when he returned to the States on Sunday. And that was a, uh, a really horrendous loss for the rock and roll community, specifically for guys like me. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. And Lou, who's even a bigger Foo Fighters fan. Did you cry on Friday, Lou? I shed a tear. You Maybe did, Maybe right? one. Maybe two, actually. Two tears? Wow. How about that? Well, him? you know, the serious thing is when somebody like that <clears throat> who dies younger than you, it yeah. scares you. Yeah, but I mean, it does, but you, want, you don't I, do heroin and cocaine every day. Until you find out. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Then I went, okay. <laughs> now I know. Well, maybe the silver lining would be, you know, it's a cautionary tale. We all do drugs. We don't all do it, but uh, we a all lot did. of people We do. all did we drugs all did. on this show. But right. you can't, when you're entering your 50s, man, you got to say no. You got to no stop. You, yeah. you oh, stop. Man, come on, grow it's up. A, I mean, seriously. <laughs> right. Right. I said, because... I said the same to Danielle. I'm like, grow up. He's, he's 50 years old. She's like, that's what he did his whole life. 
And that's how he became the star, part of the whole star that he is today. I mean, Keith Richards still does drugs, and he's 75. Amazing. <laughs> I want to have. I want. I want what he's taking. Or what he's eating. You know, the old uh, Meg Ryan thing. It is. It is have unreal. Three, have three transfusions, and you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That's the answer. He has a lot of transfusions. He, I think he yes. has one, at least one or maybe yeah. two. Clean that stuff out. So it is. Uh, it's great to be back here. I met mean, everybody, Bernie and Lou and Justin Ellick and Luke Lograno and Deb and, and the whole cast on this Monday morning. Just to echo what Bernie said about John Katsimatidis, our fearless leader, our boss, somebody who's been over the top good to me. In fact, I'm moving today. There's a uh, Fakakta Facebook website that my friend Keith Smolin Put up uh, years and years ago, even before WABC had an official Bernie and Sid page. Smolin put this unofficial Bernie and Sid page up, and it does very, very well. There's about 80 comments on there this morning from fans who are trying to figure out where I'm moving. (laughs) But I am moving today, and uh, that is all made possible by John and the folks here. And he was great with you last week, Bernard. So I also want to thank John for helping me out because I was not here for uh, filling in and doing a great job with you. So... You remember years ago, Bernie, before Imus screwed the whole thing up, that, um, what, what was the name of that, uh, that pill that we took, Bernie, we used to suck it down in the morning? Ephedra. Yes, uh, Trim Spa, remember that? Trim, Trim Spa was the uh, brand name label, yes. Right. So the drug, was, uh, the drug in it was a, a caffeine-like substance, only exponentially uh, stronger, which is Ephedra. You're exactly right. And they use the same drug, I think, in one of those, uh, those GNC things, all these fit drugs. So early on, they had a bunch of people that were the Trim Spa spokespeople around the country. Former San Francisco 49er Bubba Paris was one of those guys. Nicole Eggert, Charles in Charge. Uh, you had, uh, who was the, uh, the good-looking one with Dennis Rodman? Um, Carmen, oh, Carmen Electra. Electra. Yes. And you had Pat O'Brien, and you had me. Believe it or not, at WFAN, I was one of the nationwide spokespeople for Trim Spa. In fact, you may remember, I went I out do. to the Super Bowl, Bernie, yeah. to watch the, uh, the Raiders and Buccaneers in San Diego. And I didn't know that MSNBC was following me around. And they caught me and Pat O'Brien doing coke and drinking tequila. And they played it on the IMAS show. And my wife kicked me out. Remember all that? I do, yes. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> this is, uh, it was wild. <laughs> it was, it was wild. Right. So then they decide, Trim Spa, they're going to get rid of all of us. And they put their advertising on one person. And what was her name? The buxom blonde who, who tried to, she married that old, old guy. Um, she looked like Marilyn Monroe a little bit. Anna. Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, yes. oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Hollywood, uh, right. the Hollywood, Florida, she died down she, there. That's exactly right. So Jim Allen, a dear friend of mine and Bo, and uh, really my relationship and Bo's with Jim Allen is the reason why the Bernie and Sid show did our show live day one from the Hard Rock in Atlantic City. She died at the Hollywood Hard Rock Hotel and that kind of became a big deal. Okay. So, and I used to do shows from that hotel every Monday night for years when I was working down in Miami. So now let's fast forward all the way to Beverly Hills last weekend. I arrive at the hotel, and Danielle says, much like Anna Nicole Smith, you did shows time and time again from the Hard Rock in Hollywood. Somebody famous died here. I said, you got to be kidding me. She said, no. Somebody very famous died in this beautiful hotel. And it is Bernie, the Beverly Hills Hotel, the Hilton. It is gorgeous. Do you know off the top of your head what very famous person died in that hotel? Uh, I'll go with John Belushi. Not a bad guess, but he died in a bungalow in Los Angeles. I'll give you another hint. This person died in a fancy room at the Beverly Hilton in a bathtub. Oh, it was Whitney Houston. Yes! Yes! Exactly right. 
So all those years I spent at the Hard Rock in Hollywood knowing that there's a room that was kind of, you know, kind of, they didn't open it for a couple of years where Anna Nicole Smith died. And I stayed at the hotel all week where Whitney Houston actually passed away. But uh, that, that's a sub story to what is a gorgeous. Have you been there ever, Bernie? Never. No, I've been to L.A. But uh, uh, for it to cover a Democratic National Convention, but I essentially, I mean, it was so crowded, so booked up. I was in the hood, yo. I mean, I was in a dangerous, like, flop house when I was there. So, is that no, I right? Ne- I never stayed. No, yeah, that is right. By, like, the watch section? I, I couldn't even tell you. It was just brutal. It was, uh, it was the year 2000. That, that, that's as close as I got to, uh, you know, experiencing luxury in L.A. Oh, wow. <laughs> not exactly luxurious. But, no, not exactly. Yeah, no, this was a, a gorgeous hotel, the Beverly Hills Hilton. And, uh, yes, Whitney Houston did, in fact, pass away. Who, was the, uh, who were you covering in Los Angeles back in 2000? What it race? was the uh, it was Gore v. Bush. Oh, and Gore it, Bush. And yeah. I've told the story before. It was, uh, I, it was, uh, I believe it was the Staples Center. Maybe we renamed or was called something else back then. But no, back I then, was, back then it was in Englewood, and it was called the. It was before the Staples Center. It was called. Oh, I'll I, I remember it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But either way, it was that. That was one of the nights I was there. I was interviewing ambushing people, ambushing people like uh, Heather Locklear. Oh, no, no, not Heather Locklear, the other one, the one that used to date uh, the Tour de France uh, kid, uh, the one with the one testicle. What's what's her name? Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. Right. She she actually threw me out of a sweep. You're you're talking about Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. So uh, Joe Lieberman was nominated that night, the first Jewish nominee to to run for vice president on any ticket, but in this case it was the Democrat ticket. And uh, he stopped his entourage after accepting the nomination. Because he saw me in the hallways with the cameras, and he stopped to say hello. One of the highlights of my life. Yeah, he was, loves you. In fact, he was on a couple of weeks ago when you were out, and uh, he talked a lot, just like Christopher Mad Dog Russo did, about you, did uh, Joe Lieberman. I'll tell you something else, too. Uh, without giving out names, because it's not fair to these people, but a lot of folks that I've worked with, for example, over the years on Gravesend, a lot of those folks are Trump supporters. They don't like Democrats. They don't like what's going on, and they are, quote-unquote, Hollywood actors being out in Los Angeles filming this movie with a bunch of real big-time Hollywood actors, people with millions and millions of followers. You know me. I can't help myself. And I got to blast Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, and I got to blast Gavin Newsom. And I was expecting some serious pushback, which I wanted to have. It would be, it would be fine. I got to tell you, not a lot of pushback. So the idea that all these actors and all these Hollywood people, and maybe the big ones are, the Meryl Streeps and those types of people, but there's a lot of young folks that I've worked with on two different shows now over the years that miss Donald Trump and don't like Democrats and the direction this country is going in. Yeah, I'm sure they, uh, they probably still don't like Donald Trump, but they realize he was doing a great job. Uh, yeah, these people, these woke people, soft on crime, because there have been actual uh, incidents of you know prominent people in quote-unquote safe uh, neighborhoods who have gotten killed, uh, uh, home invasions, et cetera, et cetera. They see the streets, the homeless encampments and all that stuff, and you can't help but think, what the hell is happening here? Who is running this place? And they know who's running it, and, yeah, so they're, they're thinking this is part of the, uh, the epiphany, the awakening that may be occurring with the electorate, with the United States people, here in the United States, which was why we're looking so forward to November 
of 2022. Throw the bastards out. <laughs> Get them out. I think it's going to happen, folks. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Already an hour in the books. It's been a great Monday morning show. Rich Lowry coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Jimmy Quinn, New York Post columnist, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Got a lot more good stuff to cover, a lot more good stuff to do. It's Bernie and Sid back together on this Monday morning, late March, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Everybody's a dreamer And everybody's a star And everybody's in movies It doesn't matter who you are There are stars in every city In every house and on every street And if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard Then it's a written Concrete. Love this song. Ah, what a great song, me. What a great choice. Great song. Of course, we can't play it all because we have things to do here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app, simulcast on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Uh, the Kinks, Celluloid Heroes, Don't Tread on Greta Garbo. Yeah, it's a terrific song, and it plays in nicely to your trip out to Hollywood. And, of course, the big Oscars show, the greatest Oscars broadcast in history, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to get to that in a second. I have all the audio tapes. I'll stay right here. Uh, Uncensored. I have the uncensored audio tape. It was censored last night, and people are playing the censored version. I have the uncensored version from Japan where the lady's actually uh, narrating or translating but you get it all. You get it all right here. So keep it right here. We'll play that. Of course, uh, the news uh, we, we must cover here on the Bernie and Sid Show. You had uh, this Zelensky, uh, the president of the Ukraine. He's actually out and out accusing Biden and uh, the, his you know, the NATO, Biden and NATO. I was going to say his NATO allies. He's not part of NATO. Uh, Ukraine's not part of NATO. He's outwardly calling them cowards. Cowards. That was yesterday. So he's upping uh, the ante. And certainly Joe Biden uh, was long on uh, rhetoric the other day on Saturday in Warsaw, Poland, but uh, short on substance, short on really actually helping the Ukrainian people with uh, stuff they want, stuff they're asking for. But even he gave a, a pretty good speech for him. He still screwed it up. Remember uh, Obama? Obama said, don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. <laughs> well, he effed up a pretty good speech that for him uh, and by saying just this, cut seven loop. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Now, that's the short version. He's talking about Vladimir Putin. He can't remain in power. That is indicating that he wants regime change, which has a lot of ramifications. His uh, White House had to immediately put out a statement. By the way, the statement was, was put out by anonymous people. That No, 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 he didn't mean it. No, 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 no regime change. He meant something about, about, about some gibberish they put out. And then uh, yesterday, he's leaving church, uh, was Biden, and somebody hollered out a question, cut for Lou. Mr. President, do you want Putin removed? Mr. President, were you calling for regime change? No. <laughs> yes, he was. What do of mean, course no? he was. Of course he was. I mean, he was, he's telling you he wasn't uh, saying what, exactly what he was saying. Hey, listen, the messaging is horrible. 
he uh, he embarrassed himself worse than maybe Kamala. Yeah, but I want to uh, ask you this. I agree yeah. with you, and um, what you pointed out an hour ago was brilliant, which only you can do. You're right. It does have some repercussions. But if Donald Trump, well, this is a bad hypothetical because if Donald Trump was president, he'd never be doing this. But let's just say Trump uh, wins again. He's still president, and Putin does this, which you know would never happen, but he does this. Would Donald Trump not be saying about now, let's go out and kill this mother effer? He may. He may not. I, I would I'd never know. I can't get into his head. Uh, he'd be doing things that w- would be a lot more effective, in my opinion, than these uh, this, this cast of uh, woke misfits that is advising Joe Biden. And he's one of these woke misfits, a coward, actually. He's not, he's not even woke. He's just a coward. He's a panderer. But so I don't know. To your question, I don't know. But I will say this. You brought up Trump. I like that. Uh, Biden had to actually retract a bunch of things over there in the Ukraine, as we pointed out earlier. The fact that we're, we're looking at a, a food shortages here in the United States, backtrack. The fact that, uh, you know, we'll resp- we will use chemical weapons if Putin uses chemical weapons in the uh, Ukraine. As a matter of fact, this is how he, w- he, he answered that question. Uh, the question was, of course, hey, if Putin uses chemical weapons, what will you do? A cut hmm. three low. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military spo- response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross. We'd make that decision at the time. Now, do you think that put the fear of God into a Vladimir Putin, that response? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm begging you. Come so on. just for, for as an example, uh, again, you brought up Trump. Uh, when Kim Jong-un was making these, uh, you know, badass threats, you know, how dare you mess with me, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Uh, this was Donald Trump back in 2017. Just as a contrast to what you just heard Biden say, cut 12, Lou, please. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. I remember that. I How remember do you like that? that? Vividly. I remember him saying that about North Korea. I remember him uh, telling the Taliban and know where your wives and kids are. You know, he was, and now that you look back at it, he, it was like Don Corleone. I mean, I'm going to kill you and your family and everybody else. And Bro, it was great. He, he was a world leader. Yeah. He was representing the United States. How dare you threaten us? I mean, uh, that's how you respond. That's why they, they, they feared him. You know, where they 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 just laugh at uh, this guy, Joe Biden, do whatever the hell they want. And, uh, you know, even the United States troops, this was uh, Friday. Biden actually visited troops in Warsaw. First of all, oh, the other thing he had to backtrack was the day before on Thursday, he was telling the troops that when you get to Ukraine, you're going to see this. When you get to Ukraine, you're mm-hmm. going to see that. Mm-hmm. Actually telling them in Poland that these, these in, in the NATO country of Poland that they were going to the Ukraine. The White House had to backtrack that. It was so, so bad. So bad. So anyway, he, he, uh, uh, he actually did Biden on Friday. He visited troops in a mess hall, and he's sitting down. He's shoving pizza in his face. All the troops, they have no food. Not, and by the way, they're not standing. He talked to them for a long time. They're like the, the mentality, the mindset uh, sounded just by the body language like, when the hell is this idiot going to get out of here so we can eat? And it was really bad. I mean, there's pictures, there's pictures online of uh, troops looking really disgusted as he tries to bond with them. Didn't happen. Contrast that with uh, President Trump greeting troops at Cut 14 Lou.
So anytime he visited troops, it was like that. They're reaching yeah. out to yeah. uh, handshakes, this, that. They, they couldn't get away from this Biden. I swear to God, no, it's I all know. on videotape. And, and, and I think uh, that uh, just today or yesterday that uh, Biden's approval rating once again plummeting. And this may be the lowest yet. We've had some awful numbers for his approval rating, but this may be the, uh, the lowest yet, the most recent numbers for Joe Biden. Uh, no question about it. Now, one more thing before I get back to uh, Chris Rock and uh, Will Smith uh, with an F uh, is uh, Governor Christie was in New Hampshire for <laughs> some reason. Governor Christie's up in New Hampshire. I guess he's entertaining the idea of actually running. But uh, what he said in New Hampshire was pretty damn good. Uh, Governor Christie, cut 35, Lou, please. Joe Biden entered office. The state of North Dakota was producing one and a half million barrels of oil a day. Joe Biden, because of his policies, has now reduced that by half a million barrels a day. You know how much oil we have imported from Russia a day since Joe Biden has been president? On average, 600,000 barrels a day. I'd rather buy half a million barrels of oil a day from Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota than from Vladimir Putin. That's great. Listen, I got to tell you, in my lifetime, and if God is good to me, Bernie, I'll be 55 next month. I don't know of any other politician that I'm more disappointed in than Christie, only because I loved him, and I know you did. I mean, he actually gives you credit to this day, gives you credit to this day for winning the gubernatorial in New Jersey. So I know you guys were tight. I loved him. I really did. And, and the way he turned his back on Donald Trump and the party and the brutish that he became, so disappointing, maybe the biggest in my 55 years on this planet. Yeah, and sitting there with those uh, uh, weasel stooges uh, Sunday mornings, you know, the beady-eyed sneak, uh, George Stephanopoulos, the Clinton shill, and the rest of those. And even that uh, jerk-off Chris Wallace who was saying yesterday that he had no choice but to leave Fox News because of the way that Tucker Carlson and other folks talked about January 6th. He had to go to CNN. Are you kidding me? And meanwhile, he was one of the people who covered up the Hunter laptop story. Right. At a critical moment during the debate. Well, let's get back to talking about race or whatever the hell it was. Uh, we don't want to hear about the Hunter laptop. Well, it was real. Did you apologize for that yet, uh, Chris Wallace, you fake news fool? Uh, either way, back to uh, back to Hollywood and more fun things. Uh, last night, of course, you've heard the Oscars. Chris Rock does a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife. And uh, just remember, I was watching. I saw the videotape. This version is from Japan. You'll hear a lady translating. She's Japanese. But uh, Will Smith actually laughed at the joke. And then you see his wife was really upset. Then they cut away back to Chris Rock. And during those intervening 30 seconds, his wife convinced uh, Will Smith that the joke, A, wasn't funny, and you better go up there and do something about it because, uh, in my estimation, he is kind of henpecked. He's a cuckold is what he is. I know it's an open marriage, but only because, well, she wanted it to be that way. So he's like, well, I guess i got to go Wait, along well, do with you that. know that for a fact that it was Jada that wanted it to be that way and not him? Uh, from what I read. Okay. Yeah, that okay. she was, I don't know the answer, so. Okay. She's the, she's the open spirit, yeah. Uh, yeah, she, and she, he's like, okay, she's babe. She's tough, man. I'm yeah. sorry. So anyway, uh, <laughs> this this is the joke, and it, you'll hear the slap, and it looked like it was staged, but because of this Japanese uh, version, it was uh, actually uh, beeped out here in the United States. People thought, oh, this is just, this is all staged, but you'll, listen, you'll hear uh, Will Smith screaming, keep my wife's name out your mouth, and uh, that's when people realize, no, it was not staged. Cut 27, Lou. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. Mm. All right? Mm. <laughs> 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 it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. He's laughing. I'm out.
out here. Uh oh. Here comes Will. Yeah. Here he comes. Oh wow. Smack. Wow. Smack. That, see, that looks fake. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. And he's kind of smiling as he's walking back. Right, here we go. Wow, dude. It was a G.I. Jane joke. G.I. Jane no joke that done this. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the uh, greatest night in the history of television. I'm not so, buying uh, it. I'm not buying it. I'm it sorry, because I looked at it that's now. Okay. He did laugh, and then as he's walking away from Chris Rock, you got to pay attention to this, like the Zabuda film. He actually kind of smirks as he's walking back towards his seat. Right there. Almost a little bit of a smirk. Didn't look all that angry to me. And don't forget, don't forget, on this particular night, he just won the Academy Award for Best Actor. He's a pretty good actor. And, well, and, and you know no one would have given a rat's ass about this award show if not for this one particular event between him and Rock. I am convinced the whole thing was staged. Well, that aside, uh, I mean, and maybe it was because he played Muhammad Ali. But last night, he really, really, it looked like he hit like a girl. But then again, I'm not, I'm not a biologist, so I'm not qualified to comment on that. But uh, to your point that it was staged, when he did finally accept the award, he was really upset. He was blubbering for the longest time. That's when I tuned in. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? But he apologized. And, uh, this well, is what you know, he didn't apologize to Chris Rock, though, did he? Well, well let's hear it. Okay. Cut 28, Lou. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. I want to be a vessel for love. I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. So do you still think it was staged? I don't know. I got to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 knew, I, I knew that would, uh, yeah, that, that, that that would sway would, you a little bit. I will tell you this, uh, and, and I told you guys weeks ago how good that movie was and how good Will Smith was, and I thought he would win the Academy Award. Not that I'm Nostradamus, but I've also been watching the reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and uh, it is great. Now, Will is not in it. Some young kid plays him, but he writes it, directs it, produces it, and the kid that plays Carlton, you ready for this? You know, Carlton was kind of like that dancing, always nice. Yeah, yeah the okay. Guy who is America's uh, Funniest Videos. What the hell is his name? Exactly, uh, that's him. I, I forgot his real name. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, very good uh, Luke Lograno from downtown. But, but the character in the reboot, uh, the Carlton character, does cocaine, drinks. He's always angry. He's always fighting with Will Smith. It is a very dark version of the original show. And I got to tell you, it may be better. So, again, he's not in it. He writes it, produces it, directs it. Go check it out, the reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I don't, I don't know thing. if reboot's the right word, though. Maybe it's one last thing. Hold on, uh, Justin. One last thing. Right after Chris Rock uh, got smacked, the next person to come up was P. Diddy between Will Smith accepting his, uh, his trophy, his award. And P. Diddy did some jokes. I didn't hear them, but I know he did. So let's listen to them together right cool. now. Cut 29, please, Lou. That this year was going to be the most exciting Oscars ever. Okay, Will and Chris, we're going to solve that like family at the gold party. Okay? But right now we're moving on with love. Everybody make some noise. So there you go. The whole mood, the tenor of the uh, event changed after the smack. And culminating with Will Smith's uh, tearful blubbering apologize but uh, apology but uh 
Yeah, I, I agree with Pete that he was the most exciting Oscars in the history of the the telecast. It was just, it was fantastic. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Rich Lowry is coming up, and a, a gentleman named Jim Quinn, who was the executive district attorney for uh, Queens County for forty two years, and he's going to tell you why Kathy Hochul's no cash bail law reforms are really it's just an empty shell, really a weak tea, a brew of weak tea. A one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, if you believe NATO and the government of Ukraine, about 15,000 Russian troops have been killed in one month trying to carry on Putin's war. Now, that stat is impossible to verify because the war zone is a chaotic place. And it is one man only who is responsible for the suffering, death, and destruction in Ukraine. Putin alone is driving this war. The puppet parliament in Moscow is just there to rubber stamp him. If Russian politicians don't go along with Vlad, bad things will happen to them. That's what a dictatorship is. The Russian government should overthrow Putin, but that would take courage. Much easier to pass the vodka. Now, Saddam Hussein and Putin are essentially the same person, except Vlad controls nukes, so it is much more difficult to take him out. Both men are killers. Saddam was hanged for it. Let's hope Putin gets something similar down the road. This massive human rights violation in Ukraine should signal to the entire world that evil must be confronted and condemned. The world is a very dangerous place these days, and good people have to unite for protection. There will always be dissent, but really, sticking up for Putin? No. The world simply cannot tolerate him. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. So I'm not the um, the most enthusiastic flyer. And as you know, Bernie, we've been going on these uh, long trips, Hawaii twice over the last two years. That's a 10-hour-plus trip, whether you stop in Los Angeles or not. And uh, back and forth to Los Angeles last week, it was uh, five and a half going and about five coming back. But what it does do, it allows you to watch some movies. And uh, I love to do this. I just mentioned the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on a night where Will Smith... Smacked Chris Rock across the face and won the Academy Award for his brilliant, and it was brilliant, portrayal of Richard Williams and King Richard. I saw a great movie coming home on uh, Saturday from Los Angeles, and it is a great American story. In fact, Bernard, the name of the movie is American Underdog. You know what that's about? American Underdog. Uh, Negative. Negative. Okay. Well, here's what it is, the story. The story involves a young man who was a very, very good quarterback at Northern Iowa University and uh, thought he'd be drafted by the NFL but never was and found himself so down and out that he was actually stocking shelves in a local supermarket. I know now. And then he ended up homeless before getting an opportunity 
with the Iowa Barnstormers in the Arena Football League. Yeah, take a guess, Bernie. Kurt Warner. Bang. What a great movie. You, you see what this guy went through. I mean, he was, he was homeless. He had nothing. And uh, he fell in love with this girl, Brenda, who's still his wife to this day. They've got seven children. She had two when she met him. Anna Paquin plays her. She's great. And this story of how he goes from homeless to an arena quarterback, and then the Rams give him a chance, and only when the Rams Pro Bowl quarterback Trent Green blew out his knee in a preseason game. And the Rams had a great team, Bernie. They had Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce, all this talent. That was the St. Louis Rams at the time, That's correct, St. Louis. And the thought was they would go out and get themselves a veteran quarterback because the team was great. And instead, Dick Vermeil, the great former Philadelphia Eagle coach, who was coaching the Rams at the time, also a great role by Dennis Quaid. He plays Dick Vermeil in the movie. He said, you know what? I'm giving Kurt Warner a chance. And the media blasted him, and his coaches, including Mike Martz, blasted him. And all Kurt Warner did that year was win the NFL MVP and the MVP of the Super Bowl when the Rams beat the Titans, the game I was at, in Atlanta, Georgia. And, of course, he went back again two years later, but he would lose that Super Bowl with the Rams to a guy that never played in a Super Bowl before by the name of Tom Brady. Wow. Hey, what's he doing now? Is he? I hope he's not back in the supermarket. Not, no. He, <laughs> he actually made the Hall of Fame in 2017. He went to a third Super Bowl with Arizona and got beat on that amazing play from Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes. But he is now one of the main analysts on the NFL Network. He's on that Sunday morning show oh, good, with, good, good. Yeah, with, with Eisen and Michael Irvin and Mariucci. So he makes a ton of money doing NFL TV. But what an amazing story. This guy had nothing. He had nothing and went on to become probably the greatest undrafted player in the history of the NFL. So if you want to laugh and cry and, and really learn the lesson that in this country, anything can happen. Anything. He went from a homeless guy to a Hall of Famer. Go see the movie American Underdog. You're going to love it. It'll inspire you. But I remember as a kid, there was uh, Underdog was a really, really uh, popular cartoon. Yes, it was, a, it was a dog. I love that show. Underdog. <laughs> I, I forget the uh, theme song to it. But uh, no, Kurt Warner, that is really, that's the American dream. That's that's hard work and never give up that never give up spirit. And uh that's the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. No other country like it in the world. Keep that in mind. Uh, listen, we're going to speak to Rich Lowry. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nicely done, Louie. When criminals in this world appear and break the laws that they should fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up both far and near for Underdog. Ah, uh, yes. Brings back a lot of memories back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Pop-Tarts in the morning, Fruit Loops, and uh, Saturday morning cartoons, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, listen, it's 2022 now, 
And on the line with us every morning at 740, every Monday morning, I should say, he joins us. He's a great uh, political pundit, editor of the National Review. His name is Rich Lowry. Let's bring him in. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. How's it going? Hey, now. TGIM. That's what we say, <laughs> as, you, as you know, Rich Lowry. Hey, hey listen. Answer me this one. If, 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 if Sid, who, who's closer to Hollywood than the rest of us, punch someone, slap yeah. someone mm-hmm. because they told a joke he didn't like, he'd be in jail this morning, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, what, what's going well, on? There's no doubt. There's no think, doubt. But, but you know the, uh, the, the Gascon, the uh, DA out there, he doesn't prosecute anything. I guess you're right. No, no, I'd be in jail. Will Smith could have gone shoplifting and no one would care. Right, exactly. Right. right. I'd get the death penalty. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but what's the deal with Chris Rock? I mean, what a performer. That's that's one reason initially I thought it must be fake, because just to take that and just keep going. To power through. To power through. Make a joke about how this is the greatest moment in the history of TV. I mean, he really recovered yeah. instantly. He was. And, and, and it brought back memories because for me, guys, now that we're on this topic anyway, before Bernie gets back to the, the Russia stuff, uh, the, the, the last time I remember talking about the Academy Awards this much was the first time Billy Crystal actually hosted the show. And he did that musical number where he, you know, he's able to involve Titanic. And it was brilliant. He was great. Mm-hmm. But if that happens with Billy Crystal on stage last night, is Billy, who's great, is Billy able to recover like Chris Rock did? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a t- to be physically assaulted and keep going. <laughs> Another reason this is, this is bad, it, it's really bad for Chris Rock because it reminds me, uh, Sid, a little bit of the, the Nolan Ryan-Robin Ventura fight. Yes. So Robin Ventura will be remembered forevermore being in a headlock with yep. Noel Ryan, Nolan yep. Ryan pounding him. And Chris Rock, that picture of Chris Rock getting slapped, yep. you know, this yep. brilliant performer, that is now part of his legacy. Oh, yes. Uh, but but he, to, to his credit, he recovered. I'm going to... Hammer that home. He was a consummate pro, and uh, Will Smith was just blubbered like a little girl. Uh, although, uh, again, I'm not a biologist. I don't know what little girls do, but uh, he did afterwards when he received the trophy, apologize. So I don't know who comes out smelling better, uh, Will Smith or Chris Rock. I would say Chris Rock. That's my that's my vote. Uh, I would yeah, say I, was, I would say the, dumb, the, the Oscars. Joke. Yeah. I would say the Oscars overall come out smiling the best because uh, everybody is talking about it this yeah. morning, and if that doesn't happen last night, nobody is. Nobody. That's true. Uh, you're absolutely Will right. Smith didn't apologize to Chris Rock. I mean, that was what was crazy about that that apology. And to make it about his movie and his love for his family, it's just I, I found that hard to take. Yeah, he's uh, he's a mess. He's 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 henpecked, and uh, he's just a total, complete mess. He's got everything in the world that you could want. It just shows you. You can have it all, but uh, you know, it's, it's money ain't everything. It ain't everything. Listen, Rich Lowry. We're not we're not rich or famous, but we're very stable, right, guys? That's <laughs> uh, well, we could be worse. We could be worse. But listen, Rich. Uh, let's let's do as Sid said. The Ukraine thing. You have the commander in chief. Uh, you know, he's out there. He's supposed to, uh, uh, you know, exude uh, strength and uh, knowledge and confidence and all that stuff. And he ends up backtracking on like three or four issue. Issues telling troops so they're going to go to Poland and then they're not. The food shortage thing. Well, we're not going to have a food shortage thing. And then removing Putin, all that stuff. Then yesterday he was leaving church and somebody actually screamed out a call, uh, screamed out a question to him, and it sounded like this. Go ahead, Lou. Mr. President, you want Putin removed? Mr. President, were you calling for regime change? No. <laughs> so rich. 
what, what do you make of all this? Oh, man, it's so bad. I mean, may, maybe the worst was when he said if Russia used chemical weapons, we'd respond in kind, which yeah. which literally means we're going to use chemical weapons in Ukraine, too. But obviously the most consequential is the regime change gaffe where it just we talked about this with with Lindsey Graham of course it'd be great if if Putin would be gone tomorrow but arguably a senator shouldn't say it certainly a president of the United States shouldn't say it ad libbing in a high profile speech giving Putin this propaganda victory where he now he can say look the west is really out to get me and immediately having his aides having to explain he didn't mean it or or come up with this ridiculous explanation that w- what he meant by remain in power is that he just shouldn't have so much control over Ukraine i yeah, mean really. so they're idiots so it's just really bad and at the height of his powers as senator you know in the 80s or in the 90s you wouldn't have trusted joe biden to handle a crisis and he's not at the height of his powers anymore and it's it's pretty bad he's not fooling anybody i saw a guest this morning on msnbc and of course the sound is not on because bernie and sid are on the air but i am able to read what's at the bottom of the screen and the guest on msnbc was taking joe biden to task for in fact uh, saying what he said about Putin taking him out. So he's not fooling anybody. His numbers, I believe, reached an all-time low, Rich, in terms of approval ratings this weekend. So I don't know how the Democrats recover from this in time in 2022, but even MSNBC can't find a way to defend Joe Biden this morning. Yeah, and that, that latest poll that he's at the low point in is the NBC News poll has been at 40. seems pretty much he's just 40 everywhere. He's just at 40. That's where he is. And it's inflation that's the main issue. Many, you know, two to one people care about inflation more than they do about Ukraine, and they blame Biden for it. So it's just it's just a debacle. Inflation is going to get better, but uh, sorry, worse before it get there. You go. There, I, I complain about Biden misspeaking. There I go. <laughs> it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to hit double digits. So it's it's uh, it's really impossible to see how they they survive in November. It, it should be a wipeout. God, let's hope so for the sake of this country. Hey, uh, Rich, uh, uh, another issue on this Ukraine thing. The president talks about, you know, humanitarian uh, relief and aid. He's in Poland, where I believe the population in Poland is 60 million. Here in the United States is 330 million. They've taken in, uh, like, I don't know, they've taken maybe 2 million refugees so far. And Biden says we're going to take 100,000 refugees. Now, uh, if, if these if this was a different sort of country i think you'd have aoc and the squad and all these people saying you got to take more you got to take more mm-hmm. but i mean what's the reason uh, and i think i know what the reason is why he won't take more refugees from the ukraine well i think as a policy matter it's it's best that that refugees stay near the country they're leaving, because ideally you want them to go back, right? You want them to have their lives restored. And coming here, you know, uh, we're we're not a Slavic country. Refugees end up being really expensive. It's just not uh, ideal. So I I would spend a lot of money to support them over there, but I wouldn't necessarily take, you know, a million here. Could it be rich just like with the Cubans and Biden and company don't want them to come here? They might vote Republican. Could that possibly be uh, one oh, of yeah. the issues? Well, that, that could be part of it, too. Yeah, they, they, these these are people who are not going to be enamored with with uh, liberal progressive pieties, given what they've what they've experienced. I thought the way where you're going to go with this, Bernie, though, is if it was Trump who said we're just going to take 100,000, it would be, you know, the, the, the worst uh, mm-hmm. 
um, cynical um, blinker lack of idealism you've ever seen. Well, now that you brought Donald Trump up, I said to Bernie Otto today, I said, you know, if Trump was the president, I think he'd be saying a lot of the same things Biden said. Like, I'm, I want Putin taken out and all that stuff, and I'd be okay with that, even though I know that there are repercussions. You don't want to necessarily say something like that. I don't think Trump would be able to handle himself. I think he'd be saying stuff like that, and, and his base would love that because that's who Donald Trump is. He's going to kill you. That's, about, that's why Putin didn't do this when Trump was the president. What do you think he'd be saying he'd be doing if, in fact, it's a, it's a bad hypothetical because Putin wouldn't do it if Trump was in power. But if Putin did do it and Trump was still in power, what do you think Donald Trump would be saying today? Well, I, I hope he wouldn't be saying we're going to take him out because it, it just it is a it is a problem. Um, I think he'd be probably more forward leaning on the weapons, the, the more weapons we'd be giving Ukraine, and probably you know more forward leaning. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to go work this out myself. You know, I, I can I can deal with this with this guy. Um, but the, the basic approach, I, I think, almost there's some things that in U.S. foreign policy that are just kind of consensus, and I just think any president would be outraged by what's happening and would be supporting the Ukrainians to one extent or another. So, Rich Lowry from the uh, editor of the National Review on the Bernie and Sid show, Rich, you've been uh, mining this. Uh, I've seen your columns for uh, maybe a couple of months now. This uh, presidential race in 2024, DeSantis essentially versus Trump. And you've come down on the side that uh, last week, by the way, Congressman Peter King, he sat in a couple of days. He actually said that uh, he prefers to have Ron DeSantis be the nominee for the Republicans. Believe it or not, that was huge news last week, DeSantis over Trump. And I know you're of that opinion. You're mining that. Why do you think that uh, DeSantis would make a better candidate? Well, I think the, the thing with Trump is, and he'll probably, you know, if there's an election today, he very well would beat probably would beat Biden. Um, but I think he's a riskier choice in electoral terms than other alternatives because just, there's just a wall of hatred towards them in the rest of the country that is never going away. And yes, they're going to hate DeSantis. They're going to hate whoever else would be a Republican nominee. But it, it'll take them, it would take them time to build up to this level. And it's already there uh, with, with Trump. So as, as I said before, I think the play is, look, I changed the party. I, I destroyed the Clinton dynasty. I did incredible things. And I'm going to make sure my legacy lives on and whoever's next. But I just think, especially given how old our political leaders in general are now, that there's a premium on a fresh face and someone younger. So I prefer to see Trump pay, play a kingmaker. But I, I, if I had to guess, I, I'm guessing he's running himself. He is going to run and he is going to wallop Ron DeSantis, despite what you're saying, which is which is probably very, very true and and uh, smart. He's going to run. He's going to wallop him. And uh, the question is, who's going to run against him? It ain't going to be Biden. Uh, maybe Kamala tries this, although I can't see why she would. Pete Buttigieg, kind of the same names. People joke around. They throw the rock in there or maybe Obama. Is there somebody out there? Is there some wild card the Democrats have that we don't know about that you think could actually beat a Trump or a DeSantis, any one of those guys? Well, the, the only one is the one we've talked about before, which is Michelle Obama. Yeah. Um, but she clearly doesn't want to do it. No. Maybe there's a moderate governor. You know, Jared Polis, Polis out in Colorado has been relatively um, reasonable on COVID restrictions. So maybe there's something like that that's not top of mind to people. But I'll, I'll agree with you, Sid, to this extent. I think it is, is more likely that 
Trump is the Republican nominee than Biden is the Democratic nominee. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's more likely you're the Republican domi- uh, nominee <laughs> than Joe. <laughs> and the short answer is really no. The Democrats don't have anybody else. They A real shallow bench, it, it seems. Rich Lowry, let's segue to uh, some uh, local politics here in New York. The uh, lifting of the vax mandates for, you know, it's really it's jocks over cops is the way it's being characterized. Eric Adams lifting it for uh, stage actors and athletes, but police officers, firefighters who are unvaxxed, who have gotten fired, who are jumping on, uh, as, as they say, COVID uh, grenades in early, uh, early on in the pandemic. Uh, these heroes are getting screwed while these elite millionaires are getting a pass. I mean, and, and, and it's all, you know, Eric Adams, he, he told somebody uh, over the weekend, I'm tired of talking about it. Don't ask me. I have a city to run. So he's digging in. What do you think of all that? It's a disgrace. You know, I, I want to see Aaron Judge playing in Yankee Stadium as, as soon as possible. But the same rules should apply to him as everyone else. And, of course, the right answer is that these rules should be removed from, from everyone and shouldn't, should never have been applied to, to any, everyone to begin with. It should have been a choice for people whether to get vaccine, vaccinated or not. But it just creates this corrosive sense, and it goes back to what we were talking about with Will Smith, that if you're famous – if you're rich, you, different rules apply, and the, the rules will be bent for you. And that's just not the way America's supposed to work. So, so uh, shame on Eric Adams. About 90 seconds, and we have to run another amazing appearance. Not good, great, Rich Lowry. So I used to go to this place, Sweet Greens, for lunch all the time uh, on the Upper West Side, which I'm moving from today. Uh, I was right across the street from the gym. I liked their salads, and I told Bernie this story on, on air, that the kids making my salads every day would wear BLM T-shirts. And I actually complained to the manager. I said, listen, I want to have a salad. I don't give a rat's ass mm-hmm. who they So long story short, and Bernie brought this up earlier, great, great uh, observation by Bernie. St. Peter's becomes this amazing yep. story. They beat Kentucky. They beat Murray State. They beat Purdue. They're playing Carolina. The world is falling in love with St. Peter's. And these kids are wearing BLM yeah. shirts. Yes, the same thing. How toned up are these people? Yeah, it, it made me wince every time I saw it. I mean, it was a, it was a great story, and you, you love those Cinderella stories in, in March, but uh, it, it's it's inappropriate. They shouldn't do it. And they seem to be the only team. The, all the rest are like ball in and, and kind of these you know cutesy basketball slogans. They seem to be the only team that, that I noticed that had Black Lives Matter shirts. Yeah, no, it was really disappointing. Uh, I was jacked. I was rooting for them, I thought. Hey, the underdog, you know, I, I, I got in line. I, I played the game. And then you became and, a UNC guy, a Tar Heel fan. I, completely, <laughs> completely, totally. I mean, I couldn't uh, believe it. A, a Black Lives Matter on the side. I call them the St. Peter's pea brains. They're ignorant because, <laughs> I mean, the Black Lives Matter, The I don't know, the organization has turned out to be a, a one hell of a con job, a scam. And the slogan itself, Black Lives Matter, yeah, of course they do. All lives matter. Uh, so stupid either way, it's, stupid. it's ignorant. It's Rich Lowry. You are not ignorant. You're a smart guy. You're a great guy. Listen, thanks for appearing on the Bernie right, and Show, man. Have a great week. You we'll too. See you next week. What a great job. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. New York Post columnist and former Queens. Oh, my God. Queens. How about that, Borough? Now my favorite borough. Politician uh-huh. Jim Quinn, a laugh from Bernie, coming up at 840. And more to do. Already halfway through this epic Monday edition of Bernie and Sid. And it's only... Right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. I've got another confession to make. I'm your fool. Everyone's got the chains to break.
continues here on this Monday edition of Bernie and Sid. Foo Fighters, what a great band. Best of you there. Ultra-talented drummer. Some say the best in rock and roll history. I know that sounds crazy, but some do say that. Taylor Hawkins passed away at the age of 50, seemingly in OD, before the Foo Fighters were supposed to perform Saturday night in Bogota, Colombia. He died in a very fancy Four Seasons hotel room on Friday night. And uh, it has shocked and rocked the rock and roll world, to say the least. Dave Grohl returning back to the United States on Sunday. And every picture in tears, obviously, he's been friends with Hawkins for a long time. So that was a story that broke over the weekend. Hey, can I ask you this question? That shocked the world, yeah. Uh, Which is, uh, you were skeptical of the uh, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Yeah. You don't believe it, blah, blah. But then you say that seemingly he had an OD yeah. in a Bogota, Colombia, Four Seasons. Well, and the the, the hotel was uh, you know st- stacked with drugs. Yeah, heroin. And uh, he's got a history of uh, you know he OD'd once uh, in the past. Yeah, I mean I, I think it's 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 evident. I think it's pretty clear. No, it Almost is. like ninety nine percent he OD'd. You know? But he is dead, and you just you really want to wait for that toxicology report rather than just a slap on an award okay, show on fair TV. Enough, fair enough. But you're right. You're right. I mean let's let's put it this way, Burn. If it turns out he didn't die from an OD, I'll be shocked. They right, said his right. heart weighed twice as much as the average human male. Twice so as much. You were being, uh, you were actually being, you know, very solicitous, very kind, uh, giving him the benefit. Of, uh, oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was. I hear you, bro. I'm I a fan. You. I like the band. I like him. I'm a recovering addict myself, so I was probably being a little too kind. Very let's, uh, generous. Let's yes. uh, restart the segment. Play the song, and I'm just going to say, "Tell no, 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 no. OD." <laughs> no, 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 no. Understood. Listen, that's very nice of you, by the Thank way. Thank you. So I got to tell you, I-, I thought about this quite a bit last week in Los Angeles. Where again, I'm back today after. An unbelievable experience. I'd done a TV show before, shot scenes with Andrew Dice Clay down in Miami for the, the TV show Gravesend, uh, shot scenes with uh, Peter Gordio and Chris Romando and Victor Benedetto and William DeMeo in Brooklyn, and I'll shoot scenes for Gravesend again next month here in Brooklyn, but nothing like being on a movie set with your own trailer, makeup people, food people, wardrobe people, and these young actors and actresses, like Lucy Hale, for example, 24 million followers on Instagram, 24 million. Uh, these other young kids, Jake Cannavale, Bobby's son, terrific young actor, Emil Hirsch, great young actor, and Danny A., of course, uh, heads the whole thing, and he's the real deal. From The Irishman to Wolf of Wall Street, uh, friends with Leonardo DiCaprio, done movies with De Niro, Pacino, all that stuff. But I came to the realization, Burn, that there was no job like this job. What do I mean by that? Well, when I did the TV show for Gravesend, you've got lines, and they send you the lines weeks, if not months, in advance. You have a chance to rehearse them, memorize them. Then you get to the set, and I'm telling you, even the biggest stars, the stars of these shows, they forget the lines. But here's the beauty. You can rehearse it five times, ten times. So I'm on the set for Gemini Lounge in L.A., and these are very talented people. This is a step up, at least one step up from Gravesend. But first you rehearse the scene, right? 
Then you go down and you get changed in wardrobe. They do your makeup. Then you come back and rehearse the scene like five or six more times, maybe ten times, before they decide, that's it, we got it, new deal. Here on Radio Bernie, you and I come on the air at 6 o'clock every day. There are no rehearsals. There's no chance to come back and redo this segment all no over again. No script. No script. This is so much of a tougher job. And, and really, when it comes to creativity and thinking on your feet and being spontaneous and funny and brilliant, radio is a lot more difficult than the other stuff. I'm telling you it is. I, I, I feel you. I believe you. Can I ask you this question? If uh, you guys are, are rehearsing yeah. and somebody consistently flubs their lines and uh, you know drags out the day, mm-hmm. you're already tired, you've been working 10 hours, do people get visibly angry or they just kind of roll their eyes silently and ignore it? I haven't experienced that, to be honest. And there were days, for example, Monday, my first day on the set, I got to the set at 7 o'clock Monday morning, and I met Danielle and Gabriel at Ocean Prime, a great steakhouse in L.A., 8 o'clock Monday night. So that was a legitimate 13-hour day, and even though we had to rehearse things over and over, it wasn't because people flubbed their lines necessarily. There has to be a specific angle shot. They want to change a line. Some of the actors want to just put in their own verbiage. So I have never experienced that, Bernie, where somebody messes up over and over again, but who knows? You know, uh, like Charlie Sheen, for example, I'm sure, <laughs> after a long Saturday night, must have had a lot of retakes on the set of, uh, you know, what, what was that show called? Half a, um, two and, two and, and a half, half minutes. Yes, I'm sure that he had to do stuff over and over again because he was still high. Take 80. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I have not experienced that. This was a very, very fine group of young actors and actresses. And at times it was pretty surreal and I was in awe. But I was like the father. Because I was the, outside of Robert Davi, who's an older guy. You know Robert, Bernie. Oh, sure. He's great. I love that guy. Great actor. He, yeah, he he's was, been he, on with us before. That's right. He was in the, he's in the movie. But outside of him and uh, James Russo, another guy you would recognize, Bernie, a big-time actor, I was like the father on the set. All these kids are in their 20s and 30s. I'm going to be 55. So I actually did, I mean, look, I tan, muscular. I got compliments all day long from all these kids. But I felt old. I really did. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, a good old. I mean, I've, yes. I, I saw the Instagram uh, photos. You fit in nicely. You fit in perfectly. Thank you. In fact, Thank people you. should go check it out. Uh, Sid donning a 1960-style short-sleeve shirt. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, buttons open, tank, uh, wife beater underneath. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually grabbed his hair. And uh, Did they dye it white, or is, or is your hair actually white? No, it actually is white. Uh, the sides of my hair, very, very white. And it got kind of thick by Thursday or Friday. And again, if you're watching the replay of this radio show at WABCradio.tv later in the day, there's a great picture of me wearing a tight short sleeve shirt, the wife beater, the chain showing, the brown slacks, and the white hair on the side of my head. And I was too tan, and Danny was upset because I played a guy named Dracula who was always gaunt and pale, and I was really dark. But outside of that, I did look the part, and uh, it was just an amazing experience. It really was. But I couldn't wait to get back here because this is my home. You're my guy, Bernie. I missed you. You were great. Texted me almost every day when I was there with support. I love you, Sid. Congratulations. I'm proud of you every day. Well, you're going through your own stuff, by the way, and, and all you guys, Lou and Justin and Luke, it was great to be back here, and already two hours in, I know I missed it so much because this is my home, this is where I want to be every day, and I wouldn't trade this in for an Oscar like Will Smith received last night. 
any uh, any day of the week. And we have covered just about everything today, Vern, but especially the Ukraine-Russia stuff, which continues to be the biggest story in the world today. Oh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, I mean, when you have this uh, imbecile over there, the leader of the free world, quote-unquote, uh, you know, saying things, stumbling us may- maybe into World War III, I mean, it really is dangerous and scary. And, and, and you know, he's talking about food shortages, uh, but the, those food shortages are real. I mean, the prospect of them are very, very real. Uh, Ukraine and Russia, to a lesser extent, is like the breadbasket of the world, they call them. They, they, uh, they come, up, come up with 40% of the world's wheat. There are some countries that are going to experience famine. So you have food shortages, the prospect of nuclear war, of course, inflation. I mean, it's just a complete and total disaster that could have been avoided because we saw all the troops and tanks amassing on the Ukrainian border for months. And then for weeks, the Biden administration, they were cocksure. The Russians are definitely going to invade. Well, why didn't you put sanctions on then? Right. Why didn't you send the Ukrainians the, the, arm, the armaments and uh, whatever, whatever, whatever the hell they needed then, the MiGs then, and act as a deterrence? That's another thing. That's the big deal uh, over the weekend. Joe Biden saying, snapping at a reporter. Well, they went, the sanctions weren't meant to be a deterrence. And, of course, and I could do it now, but I'm not going to. I play mm-hmm. a million clips of his aides, including Kamala, Blinken, Sullivan, all of them saying that sanctions were uh, are used as a deterrence. Yeah. But they didn't put them in place before nope. the invasion, which would have could have very possibly, because the Russian economy has cratered. The Russians are suffering. And the the, the war has gone on to be a disaster. Uh, You know, there's videos out there of uh, Ukrainians actually torturing Russian POWs. Yep. And these are these. A lot of them are the uh, Nazis that don't supposedly exist in the Ukraine. You hear even Biden said it. You hear people saying Putin says he wants to denazify the Ukraine, which is crazy because Zelensky is Jewish. And then they stop right there. Mm -hmm. Well. If you look up the Azov Battalion, look it up. Google Azov Battalion. Uh, fully 20% of the Azov Battalion are full-fledged Nazis, not neo-Nazis, Nazis. And the fake news won't tell you that. So I don't believe anything uh, coming out of uh, the Ukraine press, uh, the Russian press, or the United States press. Yeah, There are Nazis, and these are the guys that are torturing the Russian uh, POWs. Those videos are going to get out there. Anyway, so so they're getting into into Russia as well. The whole thing a disaster could have been avoided, and uh, but still it's not over. And uh, you got a cornered rat, he, nuclear. He he owns he has six thousand nuclear missiles. I mean, the whole thing is fraught with perils. It is. Me. I love when you say that. That's so sexy. This is a day thirty three of the Russia Ukraine invasion and uh, biden's not fooling anybody his approval rating was 53 percent back in april it's now at an all-time low 40 percent and that according to nbc news let's get local here talk about eric adams uh he called new york city a lamping stock he did bring back the broken windows that's great but your job was to fix this not to call it a lamping stock that's firstly secondly the mandate thing you brought it up with rich lowry buddy but i want your opinion the fact that kyrie irving played a game in brooklyn last night in 10 days when the yankees take on the red Sox, the opener next Thursday, Aaron Judge will be out in right field. But yet, a thousand city workers lost their jobs, and they're not getting those jobs back. What are your thoughts on Eric Adams? Yeah, and about 14,000 are on unpaid leave right now and will be fired. Uh, What do I think of them? Well, look, bringing back broken windows, 
you know, he went out to uh, Chicago to get some tips for uh, uh, on how to decrease crime from Lori Lightfoot. As I said earlier, it's like uh, going to Governor Christie for uh, tips on how to run a marathon. What are you, crazy? You should have called Rudy. Eventually, he probably called Rudy Giuliani on the DL and came up with, we're going back to what works, which is broken windows. I mean, you see crimes on the street, no matter how small, you enforce the law. That's how it starts. Small things lead to big things. And then you get these criminals who are committing these, uh, you know, quote-unquote small crimes. It turns out that they're big-time felons, so you get... You, you arrest, uh, you know, 100 fair beaters, and uh, 20 of them have warrants on them for serious crimes. Right. So right. it's a good thing that, that, that but the, as far as the vax mandates go, I mean, that, that is, that is uh, him catering. And it could be he got $1.5 million from Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, and he was lobbied also by other people from the Brooklyn Nets. So there could be corruption here. This is how David Patterson, his he lost the, uh, you know, he... He screwed up his tenure as governor because it's something to do with the Yankees getting tickets. Yeah, I remember that. So this goes above and beyond just jock sniffing because he is a, a jock sniffer, Eric yes, Adams. and a, a media whore and a jock yeah. sniffer. And you're right, exactly, and a, and a, and a celeb worshiper, all those things. But l- l- listen to what the last – I have a clip here. It's cut 32, Lou, and this is Eric Adams and his attitude. And this will feed into your dislike to him. His attitude when he's asked about these questions – you know, putting uh, a jocks over cops. Cut 32, please, Lou. Do you understand those people who say this sets up a caste system, this puts the elite against your essential workers that went ahead and were either laid off or fired? Do you understand that part? No, I don't. And let me break it down to you why. Number one, uh, a group of struggling artists came to me and stated this is hurting us. These not multi-million dollar ball players. We're talking all performance. They say, Eric, this rule is hurting us and it's unfair to us. You can have performance come outside our city and don't have any mandate, but we have to have one. And so we wanted to equal the playing field. And then there's another <laughs> clip of him saying, listen, I don't have time for your questions. Uh, I have yeah. a city to run. Yeah, right. If you want to sue me, sue me. And that's that. I'm done with this uh, topic. <sighs> He's so a, that's your guy right there. That's your guy. You love him. You, you, you don't love him anymore, but... Um, I don't love him. I do love the fact that he brought back broken windows. That is but, good, uh, yes, yes, yes. That is good. So quickly, in uh, the last two minutes, we've covered so much at the top of this 8 o'clock hour. The biggest story in the country today, even bigger, I think, than Ukraine-Russia, it'll be for one day at least, is Will Smith and Chris Rock last night. I know you've got the audio, Bernie. This was, uh, everybody calling it today, and deservedly so, the greatest moment in the history of the Academy Awards. Uh, I think it was. I think it was, uh, you know, uh, it, it was better than any Academy Awards ever. So let's play it, Lou. What the hell? This is the uh, Japanese version because in the United States. <laughs> it's like they actually, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You, you hear the Japanese interpreter. But uh, in the United States, it was uh, it was beeped out. You couldn't hear Will Smith. So you thought it was staged because it looked so perfect. The way he walked up, the, the slap was perfect. Uh, but then if you hear what he's saying, to uh, 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 to Chris Rock, as he's walking back, as, as he sat down, and keep in mind, he was he laughed at the GI Jane joke. Yes, he did. That's evident on the video, which exactly. you can watch later today on our website. Yes, he laughed at it, and his wife uh, did not. She scowled at it. Then they cut to Chris Rock, and then apparently she said something to him, and he is a henpeck dude, and so at that point he walks up there, did what he did. But anyway, 
Here is the entire thing uncensored, except for the F-bomb. Take a listen. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> here he comes. Oh, wow. Smack. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. He took my name out your f***ing mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's out your f***ing mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. <laughs> yeah. So he recovered nicely, yeah. but uh, listen, the backstory is, and there's more to it, but... Uh, in G.I. Jane, when she was taping that in 2018, she discovered she has alopecia, which is hair loss. Right. And I, I believe she's essentially bald. So she she's is, very, yes. very sensitive about it. Yeah. yeah. And so that was the uh, genesis for, you know, her anger. And then she said to Will, you ain't just going to sit there and let him um, uh, diss my, my, you know, my baldness or whatever the hell it was. Right. And he went up and did what he did. And, yeah, it was dramatic. And, and for any skeptic who thinks that it was was still staged, even in light of what you just heard Will Smith said, uh, say, listen to his apology, because uh, this, uh, I think, will eradicate any thoughts that it might have been uh, fake. Uh, play cut 28, please, Lou. In this business, you got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. I want to be a vessel for love. I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow mm-hmm. nominees. Or Chris Rock. He never apologized to Chris Rock. By the way, that Not, apology no. was part of his acceptance speech when he won an award I told you he would win two weeks ago, playing the star of the movie King Richard. Will Smith did win the Best Actor Academy Award You're right, last but, night. But finally, we have a nice distraction from this Ukraine yes. uh, situation. Well, we had, well, St. Peter's was a nice distraction, too. Uh, the, the Black Lives Matter thing just uh, ruined I'm, it. I'm with you. No, I'm with but you. Th- this was uh, this Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock, more black-on-black crime in L.A. <laughs> and the, the district attorney is declining to uh, prosecute. Uh, that's good. They put out a statement that oh, said that good. Chris Rock has to file a complaint. Uh, we don't need that. That's silly. Uh, that's a heck of a segment right there, Bernard McGurk. Still to come this hour, Lydia Report. She's coming up next. And then a guy that served more than four decades as a big-time politician in the great borough of Queens and is now a big-time writer for the New York Post, Jim Quinn. Lydia Reports and Jim Quinn, the next hour right here on Bernie and Sid. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute to sit right there and tell you how became the prince of a town called Bel Air. So you think Auntie Viv is sending a will back to Bel Air? I mean, his mom is sending. I mean, so I I didn't watch it. I watched it in the middle of the night. I wanted to touch back on it. The Will Smith moment. So I was in bed. It was like four o'clock in the morning and I was playing it. And my husband's like, oh, it's fake. This or that or whatever. Because he was awake too. My daughter woke up in the middle of the night saying that she thought she heard a monster in her closet. Yes. And so I'm looking at this at, at this and I was kind of proud of Will Smith because listen, alopecia. I have a friend of mine who has alopecia and for a woman, it is devastating. 
Could you imagine if Chris Rock made fun of somebody who had cancer and their hair uh, all but, fell but, out but, but, but because he did. of chemo? But, but, but he didn't. But he didn't. I, but I, alopecia, I, it, for a woman, when she's bald, it's devastating. I, it's not, but it's not cancer. I, I hear yes, what you're saying. Yes, but it's devastating. I understand. So, you, so it, was, it wasn't right what he did. It wasn't right. You don't, you, I don't condone violence. However, I understand it. And he deserved to have his, the, the, the poop smacked well, out of him. Uh, first of all, he deserved things. it. I don't think he deserved it. Two things. First of all, uh, he didn't do anything, Will Smith. He was laughing at the joke, if you watch the video. Laughing well, out loud until like... his wife, until his wife got pissed. And second of all, the more I watch it and the more Bernie talks about it this morning, I'm, I'm not convinced it wasn't staged. I, I know they need something to make these awards show. You got a guy who just won Best Actor. You got Chris Rock who laughs at everything. That slap looked like he never touched him. I'm not convinced that thing was real. I'm really not. Well, the Oscar, they're saying, the, the committee, they're saying it was, uh, it was, it, it was real. Uh, they're saying they don't condone violence. We know that Chris Rock says that he is not going to press charges against uh, Will Smith. And people are saying, well, if, if Will Smith had been white and he, sl he had slapped a black guy, he'd be in jail and this and that and all these other but, but, things. But, but the look, bottom look, line look, is look, they're look, two very look, look, look at all these conversations. Look at all these conversations we're having today. If he was white, if she had cancer, if this, if that. And, and you don't think the Academy Awards knew that when you involved two people like Will Smith and Chris Rock in something like that, that wasn't going to be the case on Monday morning? Nobody would be talking about Jane Campion today or Will Smith winning the award. I am, I'm telling you, Bernie, I'm further convinced that whole thing was staged. All of it. Okay. That's cool. I, I, I just, uh, I'll repeat what I said earlier, which is that uh, Will Smith looked like, uh, you know, he looked like he hits like a girl, but uh, I'm not a biologist, so how would I know? <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, it's part, part of my Twitter feed. Twitter just went crazy, as you might imagine. And in real time, some this one woman on my feed, she tweeted, the only way this gets better is if Helen Mirren clocks Judy Dench. That's funny. And then uh, another guy, <laughs> another guy, Will Smith's marriage is open to everything except jokes. I mean, that's the oh. other thing, right? I mean, that's, I mean, he, they have an open marriage. The both of them bang like a million different people, and all of us, and all of a sudden, Will Smith decided he was going to be that knight in shining armor in front of millions of people. He's Come a, on, he is a cuck. He's a cuckold. She's the oh. one who's driving the bus in that marriage. She was the one who said, "I'm going to sleep with other people," and he said, "Really." And then he just went along with it. Is really what happened. Well, no, but he was sleeping with other people before that. Let's be honest. So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, don't I, all know? I know. I'm just telling you. All I can tell you what, is what do you think, that, What do you think? He's a man now? He's a model for every husband because he no, defended his no, wife? No, but I'm telling you, a woman's hair. I have a, friend, oh, a, a family member who had cancer, God. and her when she Will was more devastated about her. Listen, let me finish. Let me finish. No, she don't was bring more up upset cancer. about her hair falling I get it. out right. than actually cancer. having cancer for right. some women. It is a big deal to them, and so it could be a really, really sensitive subject. And then that's why he was he felt compelled. Then to why slap. did he laugh? Why did he laugh when he initially told the truth? I don't think he was truth. laughing. I think what he are you was talking laughing. about? No, 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 out loud, belly he, laughing. He was, Watch the video. He was enjoying the. He after the joke, he laughed at the joke. Yes. Hey, one more. Well, this is from Matt Gates, uh, congressman who was at the Trump rally. He he tweeted, "Less violence at the Trump rally than at the Oscars." <laughs> yeah. How about that? 
Less, I'll tell you what, less violence on January 6th outside of the poor Ashley oh, Bobbitt. Oh, don't say that. Don't say <laughs> that. Don't say that. So, Bill Maher, I wanted, so this was my original topic. Bill Maher, he talked to, Bill Maher, he's a liberal. He's a very, he doesn't say he's a Democrat, but he's pretty left-wing, as left-wing you can get. But you can tell that, like, people are starting to come around and getting some common sense. So, he was talking about Zelensky and how, you know, uh, Girls are saying they're attracted to him. He's going to become People Magazine's sexiest man alive. And it's because despite what the Supreme Court justice nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson has to say, most women know what a man is and they want a man. They want a man to be a man. And that's what why we are attracted to people like Zelensky. So take a listen to hear what Bill Maher said. I thought it was pretty funny. As much as you may not want to admit it, there's a direct correlation between all these lady boners, the fact that he's what people used to call a man's man. He can't share right now. He's killing Russians. <laughs> Turns out after 200,000 years, there's still a lot of another tribe is coming to kill us. And when that happens, you want a little big energy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, they said the same thing about Avenatti. Uh, back then, they say the same thing about the smug thug, uh, Governor well, Cuomo. They said about the Cuomos, yeah, uh, Dr. Fauci. So keep that in mind uh, when all is said and done. This is still playing out right now. Just uh, hold off before we 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 it, you know bestow this hero worship on a single individual. It's not over yet. Remember, he banned all opposition political parties, and uh, right now you have uh, Russian soldiers are being tortured. Russian POWs. Those videos are being suppressed by Twitter, but they're out there. Uh, just just brace yourself for uh, maybe a, an abrupt turn of events. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I remain cynical. Well, I don't. And but let don't... me one more thing about Bill Maher. I watched it too. I had to turn it off. He was talking about Katanji Brown and how inappropriate the uh, Republican line of questioning was. Really, sentencing a, a child pedophile uh, uh, to uh, three months when the guidelines call for ten years—that's not a legitimate line of questioning. I'm sorry, Amar, you're wrong. You're still a stupid liberal, even though you make uh, sense sometimes. Well, I I don't know Zelensky, so I can't sit there and, and praise him and think, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And he's a trained actor, so clearly he knows how to play to the media. All those videos are very slick that he puts out. Everything is very strategic. However, I do agree with his point about why women are attracted to at the time the Avenatti's at the time Cuomo and nobody wants to say it out loud is because we want men to be men we don't want I was just reading this article up in upstate New York about these two lesbians that they had an embryo transferred into them and they wanted the embryo to be female so the the embryo turned out to be male instead of female they considered aborting it the woman said she felt like she was being raped, that a man, uh, a male was put inside of her without her consent. And now they're suing <laughs> the fertility clinic for millions upon millions of dollars. And they said that they don't know how they're going to be able to raise this this child. That's one of them. It's biologically one of theirs because a man represents so many wrongs of society. <laughs> I mean, that that is just cuckoo craziness. And this is what is pervasive throughout the country now that this is normal and it's proceeding through the courts so we should allow men to be men and will smith albeit his actions were wrong i think the intention was right he was trying to defend his wife's honor so for that 
I, I, I understand. So, so Lydia Serrano condones violence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't, no, you can't, you can't, you cannot. I, would hope, I told you, my husband, if somebody disrespects me, I hope you, you smack the crap out of them, You cannot bum too. rush a stage and, first of all, if you thought it was oh, well. real, which I don't think it was real, but if you thought it was real, you cannot bum rush a stage and slap a comedian. He slapped him like the bitch you, you that can't, he is. No, you can't, no, you can't do that. It's, it was stupid. Uh, I am with Either way, it was stupid. Face. Bam! I'm down with Chris Rock uh, on powering through the whole thing and being a consummate professional. Uh, comedians tell jokes. Right. You know, uh, Will Smith represents cancel culture in, the, in, the, in, the, in this particular instance. Exactly. So I'm with uh, Chris Rock. He can tell exactly. jokes. Right. And he never he didn't directly allude to any alopecia. He just said, I want to see J.I. Jane 2 again. Still, I mean, come on. Yeah, but that's if, if, why she's bald. So what? Stop it. Bald. She doesn't have cancer, thank God. Don't compare the no, two. No, but alopecia can be very It's not going to kill you, you alopecia. Make fun of somebody's medical condition and then don't expect to get sick. Lydia, Lydia, go back and watch the video. Will Smith was cracking up. His wife says something. Then he bum rushes the stage. If he's a real man... He waits till after the show, not in front of millions of people, so people like you are congratulating him this morning, and he beats his ass in, in the in, behind stage when no one is watching. He did that clearly well, maybe he, because I of the viewers. Well, we shall see, but we will. T- I, I don't know if we'll talk about this topic on John Katzmatidi's show tonight, but I'm sure we'll talk about so many other things. We have Bill O'Reilly. It's Monday, and he's always a really great guest. So Bill O'Reilly, we'll talk about Ukraine, the energy crisis, inflation, Biden's latest gaffe. I mean, they're using it as propaganda now throughout Russia. I, I said... Biden's basically that crazy uncle that you're afraid to bring to a party because you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. But unfortunately, he's our crazy uncle. And the unfortunate reaction to it is a possible another world war and nuclear weapons. So here we are. And uh, I don't know. But yeah, all that and much more. Cats at night, five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Very good, Lydia Serrano. On the Bernie and Sid show. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Eight forty-four. Do want to send a birthday shout out, uh, Bernard? I met this lady at the Carolina Beach Club, which um, last summer I joined and spent a lot of money. You remember, and it made me realize I need to move by the beach, which I've done since. But um, long story short, I met this lady, Amy Epstein, very cute, and she loves the Bernie and Sid show. And she made her way towards me one Saturday last summer and was raving about you and me. Loves the show. And her daughter, Liv, sent me a direct message on Instagram late last night. I was already asleep that today is Amy Epstein's birthday. So they want you to wish Amy a happy birthday, Bernard. Amy, happy birthday to you, Amy Epstein. You're a great American, and uh, thanks for listening to the Burning Sit Show. You know, I might actually know this lady. I might have met her on the boardwalk with her husband at some point. I have to... Uh, you may know her. She's, uh, I have to check into this. Always very tan, some freckles, cute, and... Uh, yes, and yes, yes. Kind of red hairish. Yes. Uh, re- reddish hair, yeah. Yeah, I think you did uh, meet her. Yeah, there I you think go. I did. And Happy her husband birthday. as well. Yeah, yeah br- good people. Not, uh, nice so people. there you have it. Uh, people on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg and at Bernie and Sid, and Bernie, you mentioned a couple of your tweets earlier agreeing with us 
100% that Will Smith is not a hero. Let's stop the nonsense. What he did was wrong. Chris Rock was the real hero last night. And uh, most people on my Twitter, at least, agree with me that the whole thing was staged. But either way, it's been, uh, it's been fun talking about it. Let's move now to some serious stuff. Had the chance to meet Kathy Hochul a couple of weeks ago at the Havid Club. That was a, a nice thing that uh, John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez invited me to. And uh, saw Kathy Hochul speak and uh, almost walked out. Yeah, you know, that's a true story. I'm not kidding. Almost walked out. Lydia was sitting right next to me. I was like, and, and she did talk about bail reform and crime and she gave no answers, none. So with that said, Jim Quinn spent the better part of uh, four decades as the executive DA in the great borough of Queens. He now writes for the New York Post. His new column reads, Comptroller Lander claims bail reform has not caused more crime, but ignores all evidence it has. And when at that borough move, Bernie, from a couple of weeks ago, we played the audio when Stuart Cousins went on with Errol Lewis on that swill, New York one, and said the same thing, that there's no, there's no data that proves that bail reform is uh, causing more crimes. We know that's not the truth. Here he is, uh, Jim Quinn. Jim, welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show, pal. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. So, so whether it's uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins with Errol Lewis or the new controller, this moron Lander, as your column states, how can these people with a straight face say that bail reform has not caused more crime? How could they possibly do that? That's a, that's a very, very good question, and I'd love to have an answer from them how they can do that. Um, I mean, what they do is, first of all, you have to realize that on April 1st of 2019 is when they passed the bail laws. From April, on April 1st, there were 7,800 people on Rikers Island. Eight months later, by January 1st of 2020, there were 5,800 people on Rikers Island. They released 2,000 people from Rikers Island in just that eight-month period. Now, everybody, you know, uh, claims that these were people who were taking up two seats on the subway or misdemeanor uh, shoplifters or right. uh, transit, you know, uh, uh, fare beats, things like that. They were not. Um, and the, the people who were in jail uh, in Rikers Island were there because they had extensive criminal records. And those are the people who were released. And lo and behold, from January 1st of 2020, after those 2,000 people were released uh, from Rikers, up until uh, um, March of 2020, just three months, burglary had gone up 19%, robbery had gone up 32%, grand larceny went up 24%, grand larceny of autos (laughs) went up 61%, transit crime went up 40%. This is before COVID came into existence, before anybody knew uh, that COVID was going to be as horrible as it was. And and what happened when they released those 2,000 people from Rikers, they released everybody charged with auto theft, uh, which two months later went up 61%. They released everybody charged with grand larceny, which two months later went up 24%. They released everybody charged with burglary, whether it was a home burglary or a residential burglary, and two months later, crime burglary went up 19%. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ludicrous for them to say that, that the, the releases from Rikers had nothing to do with crime. And they cite statistics. Uh, let me give you an example of what they do. Um, they look at all the people who were arrested in, say, pick a year, 2021, and say there are 100,000 people who were arrested. And they say only 
2%, 4%, or 1% of those people get rearrested. Well, that, that's an accurate fact. That's an accurate statistic. But what they're not realizing is that the people who would have had bail set on them in 2019 is not everybody. Not everybody had bail set. You know, we did a study back in, in, in uh, 2015 when I was in the DA's office because we used to hear from them that, um, you know, people were being jailed for taking up two seats on the subway and spending six months in jail. And this was the mayor's office was telling us this. And uh, fair beats were being locked up and spending, you know, a year in jail waiting for their cases to come to trial. So we went back and we looked at it, and we found no fair beaters in jail. We found nobody taking up two seats in the subway. Right. We found very few shoplifters, and it, 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 it just drives you crazy. Well, we looked at so, the people who were in, and they all had extensive criminal records. So, Jim, they manipulate the data, and they lie. That's basically it, uh, flat out. So, Jim Quinn... He's, he was an executive district attorney in Queens for 42 years. So fast forward now to 2022, and actually 2021 uh, as part of it, because uh, the smug thug Cuomo, he's uh, kicked out of office. He leaves, whatever. And you have this uh, formerly moderate uh, politician named Kathy Hogel. She's the lieutenant governor, yet she's, she knows that the scourge of New York City is this no-cash bail law, yet because she wants to pander she wants to look out for her left flank. She supports the no-cash bail law. She's sticking with Stuart Cousins. She is sticking with the Carl Heasty, and she's screwing the electorate, and innocent people are dying in the streets. Then, fast forward to 2022, she gets booed. She looks at the poll numbers, and she sees this is a serious issue. She sees what happened to Todd Kaminsky, the author of this no-cash bail law, and she tweaks it. She tries to tweak it. But your column, Jim Quinn, in the New York Post, exposes that her tweaking of the no-cash bail law is really a brew of very, very weak tea. Please explain that to us. Okay. What she did, and, you know, there are a lot of crimes that are in the, 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 the papers. I mean, the, the gun crimes, shootings, murders are up. Uh, hate crimes against Asians are up. Subway crime is up. So the, the proposal that she made addresses just those issues. Uh, and it doesn't address them really well. Uh, it, it deals with nothing but gun crimes. In other words, you can be, you can, her proposal would allow judges to consider public safety on an attempted murder case only if it involved a firearm. So if you shoot at somebody uh, trying to kill them, the judge can consider public safety. If you stab them or beat them with a gun or push them in front of a subway train or run them over with a car trying to murder them, the judge cannot consider public safety. It doesn't matter what your wow. public, what your prior record is. You could have, you know, 37 prior arrests. That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that the crime was committed with a gun, and it, it, it doesn't really address the the uh, the issue of crime in New York City. It doesn't really send any kind of a message to anybody uh, that we're dealing with crime seriously in New York City, and that's a big that's a big fault of it. And I I, I don't understand what these people cannot figure out. I mean, since bail reform passed, 150 more people a year, a year, have been murdered in New York City. That's 300 more people Aye. than were murdered 
uh, you know, since 2019. That's why it's important, Jimmy, that people vote for our dear friend. I know you know this family very well, Brennan and Carr in Brooklyn, but proud residents of Breezy Point in Queens, Tom Sullivan, who's running again for New York State Assembly in November. Get out there. I know you know him. Vote for Tom Sullivan in uh, November for a state assembly. So what do you think about uh, Eric Adams bringing back uh, broken windows, Jim? Look, I, I think, you know, you, you go back to 1993 when, when Mayor Giuliani came in and they started the broken windows uh, policing. And, you know, I remember everybody looking at it and saying, you know, well, that's, uh, that's really not going to work. I mean, what's the connection between uh, minor crimes and major crimes? But then we started looking at it and we started seeing what was happening in New York City. Nobody, nobody would have thought that crime would have gone down 80% in New York City. Nobody in a million years. Did you years. say 80%? Wow. Since 1993, uh, crime went down 80 to 85% oh up until 2019. Now wow. it's starting to, you know, trickle back up. But I'll give you one example. In Queens County in 1993, in one year, there were 55,000 cars stolen just in Queens County. Okay? In 2019, that number went down below 2,000. Wow. A 98% reduction in car crime. And now, under these new bail laws, a judge cannot set bail on a defendant charged with stealing a car. No matter what his record is, no matter how many cases he's got, a he, he judge walks. cannot he set walks. bail on. Right, he walks, essentially, is what you're yes. saying. Yes. Uh, which is uh, 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 criminal in itself. Now, just uh, real quick on this Hochul uh, tweaking the bail laws. She's going to sneak it into uh, the budget uh, uh, proposal. I mean, uh, even uh, being the weak brew that it is, it is something. It is gun laws. But you're right. It's totally uh, insufficient. However, do you think she has a chance to get this passed with this uh, intransigent Stuart Cousins and uh, Heasty up there? I I think the only thing that that politicians understand is whether or not they're going to get reelected. I think the, the Hochul's plan is better than nothing, but my fear is that they're going to pass that, and when it doesn't work, they're going to say, see, bail reform doesn't work. Uh, and, uh, and that, you're right. All right. Again. And, and they, they're using this just to get past the next, next election. So. Right, I think right. you're right. 42 years as the Queen's executive DA, now a really good writer for the New York Post. Again, the latest column, Comptroller Brad Lander claims bail reform has not caused more crime, but ignores all evidence that it has. Hey, Jim, you were a terrific guest, so keep coming back. Thank you for your service, and uh, we'll talk again very soon. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. Take care. There he is, uh, Jim Quinn, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The Monday edition of Bernie and Sid on Talk Radio 77 WABC rolls on. Searching for something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the rope. All night long, I dream of the day, when it comes around and it's taken away, leaves me with the feeling that I feel the most, feel it come to life when I see your ghost. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Is this the Foo Fighters, Lou? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, is. the poor drummer. Uh, well, he OD'd uh, in Bogota, believe it or not, in a Four Seasons. So who knew a Four Seasons existed? 
in Bogota, but uh, it does. And uh, 50 years old, uh, yeah, tragedy, a tragic uh, death. Sad, sad, sad. Now, listen, we have, of course, uh, we have here on the Bernie and Sid Show the uh, uncensored version of what happened last night between Chris Rock and Will Smith. I'll play it for you coming up. The uncensored version, folks. Keep it right here for that. But in the meantime, of course, there is uh, this. And by the way, what happened last night uh, at the Oscars, it was a really, really nice distraction from this ultra-depressing, disgusting, brutal uh, war out there in Ukraine. I hate the war. I hope it ends soon. I hate Putin. I hope he has his throat slashed. But in the meantime, uh, Biden can't be saying things on the world stage in Warsaw, Poland, like he said over the weekend, which was that uh, they got to take Putin out. I mean, you just can't say that because you give him, you know, you give him the advantage because then he says, look, see, they're out to get me. It's not about the Ukraine. It's about me. And it just moves us closer to World War Three. He did say that. And, of course, uh, immediate, among other things, talking about food shortages, uh, using chemical weapons and sending telling troops that they're going to the Ukraine. I mean, this idiot, this buffoon, this imbecile went out and embarrassed us worse than what Kamala did a couple of weeks ago. Really, really bad. So uh, he's leaving church yesterday after, by the way, his White House put out a statement. No name was attached to it, saying that uh, don't listen to Joe Biden. We're not looking for regime change in Russia. And then Biden was leaving church yesterday. This is cut for Lou. And it went like this. Take a listen. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's the uh, that's the imbecile in chief, ladies and gentlemen, your president out there in. Uh, well, that was Washington, D.C., but bollocksing up the whole thing. I mean, really, really scary. And by the way, the speech was long on rhetoric. And for him, it was a good speech, uh, you know, rhetorically. But uh, still, it was short on uh, any substance, any helping, uh, you know, the Ukrainians out or. Uh, diplomatic talks or whatever the hell it was. So it was just platitudes and all that crap, and he still screwed it up. Screwed it up big time. Now, uh, moving to uh, this uh, SUNY Brockport, April 6th, they're going to host a cop killer. And they they said, uh, of course, I've been talking about it every single day for about two weeks now. Now, they had a protest. Oh, up in Brockport, they're saying they're calling him a political prisoner. They don't even tell the kids that he's a cop killer. So anyway, over the weekend... There is a, uh, a there is a Joseph Piagentini Memorial Park in Deer Park, Long Island. They had a protest. Our friend uh, uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin was there, the widow of the cop Piagentini, and of course there was another one. Waverly Jones was killed as well. Diane Piagentini, she was there. She spoke. Also, Pat Lynch, president of the PBA, he spoke and uh, cut 31 loop, please. We cannot pollute the minds of the next generation thinking it's okay if you kill, call yourself a political prisoner. You're a murderer. You're a murderer, and it was Cuomo's uh, parole uh, parole, parole commission that allowed this guy out, the parole board, excuse me. Governor Cuomo appointed these people, these woke tards, so Governor Cuomo is partially responsible. And I want to hear from Kathy Hochul. This is a state-sponsored school. Get these people to cancel this damn thing. And if you happen to be a parent of a, of a student, or even if you're not, contact the school, contact Heidi McPherson, and tell her how pissed off you are 
that they're actually pulling this crap in this day and age. Uh, so, listen, uh, something that uh, President Trump, of course, would never pull. He was out in Georgia. He gave a speech on Saturday night. In Which, Georgia. by the way, only Newsmax carried that speech live. Just you know. Oh, yes, 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 yes. As all his uh, weekend rallies, exclusive to Newsmax TV, you're right. But they, then the other fake news uh, outfits, including Fox, they don't even cover it, uh, believe it or not. But in one uh, particular instance, uh, uh, Donald Trump was mocking John Kerry for worrying about climate change in the face of nuclear war. It sounded like this. Cut 13, please, Lou. And yet you have people like John Kerry worrying about the climate. The climate. Oh, I heard that the other day. Here we are, guys, threatening us. He's worried about the ocean will rise one hundredth of one percent over the next 300 f***ing years. Let <laughs> <laughs> oh, it go, Donnie. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. And uh, on that note with uh, the climate and energy, I mean, these people are sick with this energy, these, these zealots. We're in big, big trouble right now. We need energy dominance. That's how you beat Russia. That's how you stay as the strongest nation. The beacon on the hill is by having, possessing energy dominance, which we have the capability to do. And they won't allow us. Now, Governor Christie... For all his faults, he was up in New Hampshire for some reason. I, I guess he thinks he's going to run for president. But he said uh, he, he encapsulated it very nicely, did Governor Christie, in New Hampshire over the weekend. Cut 35, Lou. Joe Biden entered office. The state of North Dakota was producing one and a half million barrels of oil a day. Joe Biden, because of his policies, has now reduced that by half a million barrels a day. You know how much oil we have imported from Russia a day since Joe Biden has been president? On average, 600,000 barrels a day. I'd rather buy half a million barrels of oil a day from Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota than from Vladimir Putin. And it's not just the oil. It puts people to work. I mean, it's just a, a stinking no-brainer. That's why these people are evil. They're nefarious. When Joe Biden talks about a new world order, he's talking about a new world order. There's something creepy going on in the White House, down with that idiocracy. And uh, back to Ukraine regarding the uh, refugees. Uh, Joe Biden's taking a paltry 100,000. And uh, me and John Katsimatidis agree that's because he, he believes, and probably uh, justifiably, that these refugees, when, if, if and when they get citizen status, they would vote Republican. Now, this uh, Ali Velshi on MSNBC, he goes one step further Listen to what he said. I believe this is cut 17, Lou. Why do you think, I mean, I, why, why, why have we, I think I, I know the answer to this, but why have we not been good at this? We, we were not good with the Afghans. We were not good with the Syrians. Uh, we're, we're doing better with the uh, Ukrainians. And a lot of people do sort of seem to think, and they deserve all the help we can give them, but a lot of people do seem to think it's because they're white and Christians and the other ones aren't. You see? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's all they yeah. see. That's all they see. White and Christian. That's why there's no they're not screaming for more refugees to come here. Yeah. Because uh Poland has taken in uh Poland is a country of sixty million people. They've taken in like uh I think it's two million refugees so far, and we're taking in a hundred thousand. Either way it's uh the the white and Christian thing. You hear Joy Reid say the same thing. It's the only reason why we're covering the war. I don't see her covering the Ethiopian uh, civil war in which uh, uh, 500,000 people have died. 
Now, uh, speaking of uh, people like Joy Reid, AOC, she was on the streets of Queens over the weekend, and this is very refreshing. Uh, she was actually heckled. She, she recovered, but she was there were a lot of people out there counter-protesting. Cut 23 low. When you knock on your neighbor's door. Get out of here. Get out of here. When you knock on your neighbor's door. Okay. When you knock on your neighbor's door. Oh, shut up. Can you imagine her screaming at you? That, that's enough, Lou. Screaming at you, uh, you know, in the morning when you wake up or something like that. That's the real her. She's a shrill dingbat is what she is. An idiot. A moron who's responsible for a lot of the uh, troubles we're in right now in this country. And uh, just one more before I get to this, uh, we go back to this Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. Sarah Palin says she's running for Congress. And uh, when she, she was on Fox News, and it was funny the way she characterized why she's going to run. Uh, cut 20, Lou, please. We need people who have cojones. We need people like Donald Trump who has not, nothing to lose, like me. We got nothing to lose, and no more of this vanilla milk toast, namby pamby, wussy pussy stuff that's been going on. I know. What? That's why our country is in the mess that we're in, because people who run for office they look at it as a job or as a business instead of as a calling, as something that they know that they are wired to do, they're passionate about, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get in there and do the right thing. Wussy pussy. I guess that <laughs> yeah. was. That was the whole uh, raison. That was the reason why I played. No, that it was, was brilliant. Is she still banging whole... uh, Ron Duguay? Of course, yeah. Let me text Duguay yeah. and get him on this week. With us. <laughs> I'm going. I gotta she find out about too. this. I got her as well. She's got to be spectacular in bed. Duguay. I mean, uh, he kind of uh, intimated that to me, without being too specific. But we got to find out for sure. No. Yeah. Well, why not? All right. Let's do it. Sarah Palin <laughs> and Duguay, both of them at the same time. All right. So back to the the uncensored version you're going to hear on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, you're not hearing it many other places. It was, of course, censored last night. Uh, people thought it was staged when uh, Will Smith uh, walked up after Chris Rock told a joke about uh, Will Smith's wife. And the reason why they thought it was staged was because you couldn't hear what Will Smith was saying. And he said it with force, and he cursed, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, but let me just say this. I, I did hear all that, and I still think it was staged. And, and I think it was brilliant, yeah, no, 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 and it worked well. You, you heard it because I played it this morning, right. but you didn't hear it before that. No, 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 no. But even after hearing it, I still think it's oh, staged. No, no, it didn't change understand. my mind. Okay, we'll yeah, get to yeah, that. We'll get yeah. to that in a minute. But in the meantime, this is the Japanese uh, version. You hear, actually, you hear the narrator, the translator. Uh, she jumps in there, but you don't, it doesn't interrupt uh, what Will Smith says. Play Cut 27, Lou, please. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh oh. Richard. Here, here comes Will. <laughs> that looks oh, so wow. fake. Touch him. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Get my name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the uh, greatest night in the history of television. Yep, it was. So the, 
It was It was brilliant. It was well acted by both men. And, and uh, I'm telling you, every time you play it again, I'm more and more convinced that whole thing was staged, all of it. The slap wasn't real. The um, He smirked when he walked back to his seat. He was laughing at the initial part of the joke. And, oh, my God, he actually got the award for best actor not long after he well, had this will, act on stage he, with Chris Rock. He, he laughed at the joke, and then his wife got pissed off. You saw that. And she in the then they cut back to Chris Rock. You didn't. But see she never what, talked to him. It wasn't like she leaned over and started complaining. By the way, she's that, smiling right now. That that part be for like thirty to forty five seconds. You didn't see that part where where his his demeanor changed from laughing at the joke. But she was also smiling. We just slowed so, down the video here on WBCRadio.tv, slowed it down considerably, and when he tells the joke, she's smiling. Will is still laughing. I'm describing the action. Look, look, Justin, she's still smiling. That's a very big smile. And then she starts to get a little annoyed, and then right. he rushes stage. I mean, she had to do that for him to pull that off in the first place. Well, to Bernie's point, he, you know, Bernie keeps calling him a cuckold. That's like what – that's – got to be his persona right he's, i mean he does cuck. whatever she tells him to he's do a, he's a henpecked cuck is what he is exactly uh, so anyway yeah, afterwards I, I disagree with that but okay. afterwards uh he 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 tearfully apologized blubbering it was really embarrassing listen to this in this business you got to be able to have people disrespecting you and you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay i want to be a vessel for love i want to apologize to the academy i want to apologize to my all my fellow Nominees. He never apologized to Chris Rock, though. He, he keeps saying not. an apology to who? Because he, he doesn't like Chris Rock, because the beef uh, is genuine. No, it's not. Well, then why he just, wouldn't he apologize to Chris be, Rock? Because he's a brilliant actor. Why wouldn't he apologize? Because he continued to play it off like he's That's really mad at him. That's not a good answer. No, he would have apologized if it no, was no, an no, act. No, 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 no. No, he had to if he apologized, then his wife, according to you, would get mad at him because he just disrespected his wife an hour before that. So he bro, continued to be the great actor that he is, bro, you, getting the you, Academy Award, and you, continued to play it off. My bro, you couldn't be any more wrong there, uh, on this. I oh, think so. Let's ask serious, what, what do you think, Justin? Staged beef. or not staged? I think the first no, half. No, very it, simple. Staged or not staged? I, I think it was a little bit of both. I think the slap was not real. He did not slap him in the face. Uh, Luke, what do you think? Staged. Staged. Okay. That's so far. I got one stage. One thinks it's half a stage. Luke, what do you think? I'm going to go not staged on this one. You're going to go not staged with Bernard. So it's basically two-two, fifty-fifty. Mm. Yeah. All right. So very interesting uh, on this whole uh, this whole black-on-black crime thing. Which, by the way, a lot of people say, <laughs> that is funny. why isn't the uh, why isn't Will Smith being arrested? Because well, according to the LAPD, if Chris Rock files a complaint, then they will arrest him. But otherwise, they won't. I don't know. It's on tape. It's the assault, you know, if if it was a uh, a, a camera on the street, you, you, the, the guy would be arrested. I don't understand that. But either way, one more. P. Diddy got up between the, the smack and Will Smith's apology, and he said this. Take a listen to this. Not know that this year was going to be the most exciting Oscars ever. Okay, Will and Chris, we're going to solve that like family at the gold party. Okay? But right now we're moving on with love. Everybody make some noise. The whole tenor of the uh, night changed after the uh, smack. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it was the greatest night in the history of the Oscars and a, a nice distraction from the very depressing Ukraine war. So uh, thank you for that, Chris Rock and Will Smith. On the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-9222. We'll be right back. 
psychedelic fur is heartbreak beat. Pretty in pink. Play this loop. Nobody don't dance on the edge of the dark. We've got the radio on. And it feels like love. But it don't mean a lot. And it feels like love. And it's all that we So the votes are coming in now, fast and furious. Kim, Bobby, a bunch of folks on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, 100% staged. Lisa Ganji, 100% staged. Ralph Napolitano, not staged. And uh, a dear, dear friend of the show, Joe Esposito, who, of course, uh, in such tragic fashion, lost his wife, uh, Chris, a couple of weeks ago. He said not staged. And then I said, uh, LOL, Joe, how you doing? And he said, terrible. So, uh, of course, our love and prayers go out to Joe, who's going through a very difficult time. But, but, whatever it's worth, we took his mind off of that for a couple of seconds, and he listened to the back and forth about this Will Smith thing. One guy said to me on Instagram, it's actually really smart, at Rosenberg.Sydney, that now Hollywood has this little feud going, and if they're smart, they take two great comedic actors, and they both are, Will Smith and Chris Rock, and they announce they're making a movie together. And, oh, how about the fireworks on that set? I mean, they can do so much with this at this point now? Well, then it'll look like it's staged. What do you mean? If they do a movie together. Well, uh, and you got no, you got to wait. Uh, you got to wait the right yeah, amount of time. You got to wait a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. You know, let, let them apologize. There's and... like a whole science to this, Lou. Yeah, you know what I'm right. saying? It's a long, I mean, although, I mean, who's staged? Who is, I totally agree with you. Eric you you, can, you convinced staged. me in three minutes in the break that it was staged. I convinced you. I pushed back you as did. much as I could. And now you convince it's staged. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. Of course. It, lo- it looks staged. I mean, the, the way he slaps <laughs> him. It. Chris Rock weighs 80 pounds. If Will Smith is going to hit Chris Rock like that, he's going to fall down or fall back. He never moved. Yeah. He never moved. And then he stands there. I know he's an ultimate professional. No one's going to stand there smiling. I don't care how good you are. going to be like, hey, what the F was that? Yeah. Unless you knew, of course, it was coming. And initially, Jada Pinkett Smith is smiling. At no point do you see in the video... Her, like, yelling at Will Smith, get up there. No, you don't see any of that. And then he goes up on stage, clearly misses him on purpose, grins, walks back to his seat, and says the F word twice. Yeah. In an effort to sell idiots like you, which it worked, that it was real. Right. It worked for, like, five minutes. What do you want from me? Well, who the heck cares about the Oscars anymore until now? Yeah, and that's I was giving that was my point all morning. I know. Well, that's yeah. it. Now they got people talking about we it. We never so talk about the Oscars, not Nobody since cares. Billy Crystal. Nobody cares. I'm just right. trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Here. I still don't care about the Oscars. I don't know who won anything. I just know that the slap happened. That's it. Plus, he could cry on command. I mean, you know, the argument that people are making is that he wouldn't have gotten so emotional. He's, he, he just won the best stage. actor. Yeah. Right, right, right. Best actor. <laughs> and he can't apologize to Chris Rock at that point because then he's going against his wife. So he apologizes to the academy. He keeps it going. Keeps it going. That's so right. Oh, come on. Mm. I mean, this was. It's, mm. If you real and I love Bernie. Come on. Bernie's we, much we got smarter to the bottom of this. Real There's quick. no way he could be that stupid to think this was not staged. There's no way. I mean, just keep watching it. Yeah, we got to the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's over. We figured it out. Now we can stop talking about right, it. Now. Right. Yeah. So you, you didn't fool us. Yeah. See, we're always smarter than everybody else. We're always. like a brick wall. You can't get past. No, us. not <laughs> us. No, not us. If you're the Democrats, you can't fool us. We know better. If you're Kathy Hochul, you can't fool us. If you're Eric Adams, you can't fool us. And if you're the uh, the Academy Awards, you can't fool us. Yeah. That's why we're the smartest show in uh, in the country. There you go. And I am specifically the smartest guy. Mike Sullivan staged. Chris Rock, a Brooklyn guy, not going to let that just go like that. Of course not. I would have he would have ran down into the seats and started pummeling him back. Instead, he's smiling. It's the greatest show in the history. Oh, you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Hell out of here.
And by the way, if Jada Pinkett Smith is so upset, wear a wig. I mean, please, I'm sorry. Alopecia is not a great thing, but it ain't cancer. Let's not bring those two up in the same sentence. I'm sorry. No one dies from alopecia. Anyway. You're on your own on that. <laughs> well, that's a fact. No one dies from that. Um, no, you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, please. Uh, Beat Sid, we're going to play. This stupid game is coming up. I just, I just, I've had enough. Sorry. I know you've, you've had enough. In... You just went on a week-long vacation, but you've had enough. Well, I had enough before I left. I told you it was stupid. Bernie doesn't want to play anymore. I don't want to play it. Took he's him four hours for... to get fed up. He's going to say he's been here for three and a half hours. He's already complaining. You know, what's funny is the last show I did here with Bernard, I, um, that kid Vinny Maduna, remember that whole thing? Remember Vinny, he's on Saturdays or something, and he used his quote as like the clip of the day. I'm like, uh, what are we doing here? It was like the Partridge family was talking about it, something. I don't know. Yeah, he's a big fan of yours. Yeah, Russia and Ukraine are like blowing up the world. We're talking about the Partridge family. And uh, <laughs> it turns out the kid reached out to me. He's a huge fan. And I felt awful. And uh, now I love the kid. And he's, um, he's one of my favorite people in the whole world. So, so we'll do uh, Vinny Medunio clip of the day uh, yes. what, well, every cool. Thursday, every yes. Wednesday. What are we going to do? Yes. And then Luke is so angry because I was in Los Angeles for the week and I was calling people. Like I called Justin how many times? Uh, you called me at least twice. At least twice. Uh, Luke is upset I didn't call him. You called everyone but me. I did not call. Give me. Who's everyone? I called You Bernie. called Justin. You yeah. called Eric in the video room. You called Gabby That's in the true. video room. You That's called true. Gina you in the social the media department. Called, now you're getting crazy. I didn't call Gina. You did call Gina. Maybe once. What's the difference? What do you care? What did I do to you that I didn't get a phone call? You're not allowed to call him. He didn't call exactly. me. Exactly. I'm not allowed to call him, and he's calling everyone else who's not allowed to call him, but he's not calling me. I don't know why you would want to like why you would welcome like why you want to welcome that into what, your no, but like what did I do to miss out on a phone call? It, it drives me crazy. I gotta, you, like, should, you should be grateful I didn't call you because I'm annoying. You see how I am this whole segment? It's annoying. You are annoying. You didn't call me. Then I have to like fake like I'm interested. I have to be like yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you got to yeah. stage it. You have to be like, oh, that's that's a crazy story. Oh, that, that's that's really by crazy. Way, that was just brilliant out of Lou Ruffino. You have to that's stage it. Undefeated Lou Ruffino. <laughs> See that? Wow. That, was, that, that didn't slip past me, Lou. That was brilliant. But I didn't get a call, though. So. No. <laughs> no, I texted you, though. Did I text you? No, you texted oh. me when you, got, when you got home, I think. I oh, texted yes, I, you. I said, did yes, you get Saturday. your Oscar yet? Ha, ha, ha. That's right. That was Saturday. Zero right. points of contact out of you from Saturday. What is the difference? So what? God. What, 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 what would you talk to me about? What would, what would you want to say to me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not allowed to call you. You have to call me. Whatever. I may change that policy. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. What time is uh, Beat Sid? It's coming up. Next. We need a caller. Is there a theme to this uh, this game today? Uh, sports and entertainment, just like always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1-800-8- no, you got things to do first. Wow. You got things to do first. You say you want to call like that, Luke? Uh, you fine. want that? No, let me, let me get the caller first. Then I'll go to the clip of the day and the rest of this uh, okay, stuff, okay? that's fine by me. one 800 840 You want to host the show? I'll just You know what? That's fine. I'm going to go back to Los Angeles, and uh, Justin Ellick is going to take over the show today. Okay, fine. You ready to go? I think it's staged. No, I'm not ready to go. <laughs> it is staged. I'm not ready for any of this. one 800 848 By the way, talking about guys Welcome who... Back. Justin Ellick has tickets for the Yankee game next Thursday, the home opener against the Red Sox. He doesn't even invite me. He never... I'm a Met fan. I don't care, but... How you not invite me? I'm not the one who created the event. I got invited by a buddy of mine. He, he said, bought you the ticket? He bought me the ticket. How much is the ticket? It's it's a pinstripe pass ticket. It's $90. It's like general $90. admission. $90? Yeah, you stand out in the center field. You're by the bar. That's a lot of money for one yeah. for one game. Well, it's opening day. What are you going to do? Well, buy me one. I'll come with you. Oh. What's that? What? What was that? Yeah. What was that? It was like a kind of dejected yeah. <laughs> 
1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. If you want to play Beat Sid, your chance. Well, we change the prizes now. What, what's the new prize deal here? Is it 50 bucks? Yeah, so it's a it's a fifty dollar gift card yeah. as opposed to a hundred dollar gift card, and then you get a I beat Bernie T shirt. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but maybe. Um, but, but but Bernie's not playing today, right? So maybe if we're feeling creative, we'll go to work on the shirt ourselves. We'll take a big sharpie to it, and uh, okay, yeah, sounds great. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to be Bernie. It is that time again. Not Beat Bernie. Bernard had to dip out a little bit early today, so we are giving you a version of Beat Sid. I am your host, Justin Ellick, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at peerlessboilers.com or paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built Boilers, today for the game, we've got Steve in Caldwell, New Jersey. Works in sales. What's going on today, Steve? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. How are you? a little nippy one out there, but we're doing all right. Yeah, I can't complain, right? The sun's out and, uh, you know, we're alive, so that's always good. And uh, we're, we're rocking and rolling, baby. All right. How uh, how you doing? All right. I'm well. I'm well. Just recouping from a wedding last night. Oh, yeah. Congratulations who got... to Nicholas and Christina Mercagliano. Oh, very nice. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. How yeah. about it? What's your relation to yeah. the uh, bride and groom there? Co-workers, co-workers, but uh, it was great. It was All right. Nice function. Very, very good. Well, uh, congratulations to them. And uh, are, you, are you married, Steve? Yes, I am. How about My that? Beautiful bride, Lauren. How about it? Shout out, Lauren. All right. All right. So we got a little Beat Sid version today, Steve. Uh, it's going to be more pop culture, sports oriented. You think you're ready to go? I would prefer Bernie, but I will give this a shot. Well, we would all prefer Bernie. I mean, let's you know. yes, we know that. <laughs> come on, now. Yeah, come on. Now. I did, uh, come on. I don't want to. I don't want to cast any shade at Sid there, but uh, just Why my not? topic. Why not? Too late. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we here we go. Let's dive right in, Steve. Number one, before creating right. the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl was the drummer for what band? Nirvana. Very good. Very good. Steve was listening in the 6 o'clock hour. Oh, yeah, tough one. I got to say. I gotta, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I've just been awake the last few years. That's all. There, oh, no. hey now. Shade at us. I mean, I feel like uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> no Keep it out of your mouth. Don't worry. <laughs> all, right. all right, Steve. One for one. Good start, buddy. Who is the current president of the New York Knicks? Dolan? It's a good guess. He's the owner. The uh, president of the team is Leon Rhodes. Oh, okay. One for two, you're batting 500. Not bad, buddy. Here we go, number three. Who was the last player to win the Super Bowl MVP who, who did not play quarterback? Oh, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Hmm. Let's go with Bronkowski. Wasn't that long ago, Steve. Uh, Cooper Cup won the MVP for this year's Super Bowl. About three weeks. (laughs) About three weeks ago. But that's That's why a rough three weeks. Hey, listen. That's why the question's tough because you're not, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not thinking about the the uh, the latest one. So exactly. Good effort. One for three. Let's try and uh, get back to five hundred here. Number four. Chris Rock was one of the five subjects of the television special. The Bad Boys of Saturday Night Live. Name one of the other subjects. 
Um, let's go with John Belushi. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Another good guess. Another good guess. Oh. I, I would probably assume that Belushi was uh, already dead by then, though, no? He was, he was gone. Yeah, he, he had to have been gone. But, uh, all right, the, uh, the options you had there were Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade, and Rob. Schneider, basically the whole squad of uh, Grown Ups 1 oh, and 2. Oh, shoot, the, uh, yeah, the Grown Ups movies. Okay. Yeah, there I you go. I should have waited for your... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what are you? You're one for fourth so far. Let's try and go two for five. Yeah, all right. killing it. Number five. <laughs> killing it. You, Darvish, Corey Kluber, and Steven Strasberg are members of the select few that throw what moving pitch that combines the name of two existing deliveries? What are you doing? Uh, that's do? not a knuckleball. This is ridiculous. Um, I'm going knuckleball. I don't know. Wrong, you two-legged bag of ass. It doesn't matter anymore. It's just walking around. Do you have any more Nirvana questions? No. <laughs> no. And now I can't say the answer because I, well, I, I got doofus over I didn't here. I the question. Walked in prematurely. Yeah, well. Staring over my shoulder, well, on, reading all go. the questions. He's not, paying, he's not paying attention. I mean, Ukraine, Russia war is shorter than this. My God! <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna put Steve on hold. Uh, Steve, just give us a hot sake. We're gonna let Sid go. Get right. We're gonna let Sid go for five, and uh, you'll win going one for five. And uh, so he went one for five. He went one for five. Okay. Okay. You ready? Oh. Oh uh, no. No. Okay. Number one. Before creating the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl was the drummer of what band? Who's that? The drummer? Nirvana. Hey! Yes, he was. Guitarist, wasn't he? For... No, no. Oh, he played the drums. Okay. <laughs> don't, take it up. Yes. don't take it up with me. Luke, no, I'm not going to argue with uh, game. Lewis. You are right. the drummer, yes. One for one. You're okay. off to a very hot start. Well, You're like scolding. All right, number two. <laughs> Who is the current president of the New York Knicks? The Wow. The current president of the New York Knicks. Some fan you are. Ah, they got rid of Mills. Um, the other guy came from uh, Sacramento. Hmm. And uh, God, I don't know his name. Mm. What do I care, to be honest? So, all right. Well, um, Jim Brian, Golan. Two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Leon Rose. Oh, that's right. The agent. What am that's I talking right. about? That's right. I knew it the whole time. Son that's what he right. says. That's, that's it. The, okay, you yeah. got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should have had that. All yeah. right. One for two. Should have had that. Yeah, you should, probably should have had it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who was the last player to win the Super Bowl MVP who did not play quarterback? MVP. And <laughs> you, you don't distract. Let's oh. go. Who did not play quarterback? Yeah. Oh my God! I don't. Uh, you don't have to think that hard. Well, who just won the Super Bowl this year? Cooper Cup, wide receiver, Los Angeles Rams. Made wow! I kind of gave that one to you, didn't I? Not really. Oh, huh. You should have asked who is the only player ever to win the Super Bowl MVP who played on a losing team. Only happened once. But I didn't ask that. Would you know the answer? No. Of course not. Super Bowl five. <sighs> Rookie kicker Jim O'Brien kicked <laughs> yeah. the field goal. The Colts beat the Dallas Cowboys 16-13, yeah. and Howley won the MVP for Dallas, even though he was on the losing team. So that must have been one of the many things you said to me that uh, go in one ear and out the other. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Are you ready for number four? Sure. You've already won today's game, but uh, we're going to play this one out. All right. Chris Rock was one of the five subjects of the television special, The Bad Boys of Saturday Night Live. Name one of the other subjects. Adam Sandler. They do a lot of movies together. That one movie where it's him, Chris Rock, Kevin James, David Spade, Grown Ups. Yeah. 
That is a brilliant comedy. You know, my best friend growing up is in that movie. I just don't care. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Brilliant. No one even knows what his name is. What do you mean, my best friend growing up? I'm is it saying. Kevin James? No, he's is played, Adam Sandler. No, he played Adam Sandler's oldest son What's in both his name? movies. What's his name? Jake Goldberg. I mean, come on. I'm begging you to stop. Jake Look Goldberg? Him up. Look him up. Is he he's related got to, to, to Adam Goldberg from the Goldbergs? You ever watch the cartoon The Backyardigans? Many times. He plays Pablo the Penguin. Oh, Get well. out. Is that real? I do yeah. Know. yeah, no, I do like that. Yeah. yeah. We used to rock on middle school. We used to get all the all the middle school girls because all he would say is, Hi, I'm Pablo. Wow. Jake Goldberg. Yeah. All right. You like that? Uh, not really. Okay. Here we go, number five. You, Darvish, Corey Kluber, and Steven Strasburg are members of the select few that throw what moving pitch that combines the name of two existing deliveries? Oh. Uh -huh. Oh, I know this. It's the curveball and the, um, ah, oh, I think David Cohn threw it originally. Who is it? Darvish? Who else? Darvish, Kluber, and Strasburg. Yeah, it is called a um, knuckle curve. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. What's it called again? A slurve. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, I'm your host, Justin Ellick, for today's Beat Sid game. And uh, Sid is victorious to all of our chagrin. And uh, here we have Steve on the line. Uh, chat with the big man. Stevie, how are you, pal? How you doing, Sid? I'm a little, little uh, weak show today, but for me, what can I say? That's all right. We still love you. What, what are you calling me? Oh, you're oh, Caldwell, New Jersey. Yeah, we were talking about Grover Cleveland like a year ago over here. This is where Trump's going to start the presidential campaign because, uh, you know, Grover Cleveland was born here. Right, and he would be the, only the second president like Grover to win the presidency twice, but uh, not back-to-back. -back. So that's a, that's a big deal. Well, thank you for playing yeah. the game today, Stevie, and um, we'll talk to you again very, very – thank you for listening and all that good hey, stuff. Hey, Sid, one quick thing. If you can get that info out of Dugay, I'd love to hear that because, you know, I just as far as I'm concerned – Nail and Palin should have gotten the Academy Award. <laughs> I just texted uh, Dugay Steve literally five minutes ago. So if anybody can get him, it's me. So let me see what I can do, okay? All right. All right, pal. I'll Thank you. Yours, buddy. God Thanks. bless you. All right, Steve in Caldwell, New Jersey, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Been a great Monday morning show. We'll come back and wrap it up. Bernie and Sid right here on WABC. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Visiting is pretty. Visiting is good. Seems that all they ever wanted was a brother. What a great show. It's so nice to be back. And uh, don't get me wrong, I had a blast in, in, in Hollywood. And, uh, like, again, being on that movie scene was surreal. This will be the end of it, folks. You know, the overwhelming majority of you sent me such amazing tweets and Facebook messages and, and Instagrams. I can't wait to hear about it. And there's like three or four of you, you know, jerk-offs. Uh, we don't want to hear about that. That's how we turn it. We, we turn it to hear talk about politics. Okay. Um, that's not what the show is. The show is a mixture of everything. But um, it was great, but I'm really happy to be back because I love doing that stuff. It's, it's beyond exciting. It really is. But this is my home. This is what I love to do. And uh, doing a radio show with all you guys is my favorite. It is. And now I've done TV and I've done movies and uh, I've got more coming. I got a whole bunch of movies coming this summer, three to be exact. But this is what I love doing the most, and uh, today's show was great. 
And I miss Bernie and I miss you, Lou, and Justin and Luke and you know, I didn't call Luke and uh, the whole crew, Deb and, and everybody, Frankie. So tomorrow, Bernie will not be here. He has some uh, some tests. And I guess we're going to find out tomorrow whether or not Bernard needs more chemo. He may not need it. Uh, that would be the best news of all, obviously. Uh, either way, we'll find out one way or the other tomorrow. So Bernie could be out tomorrow, be back on Wednesday, or could be out for the rest of the week. I don't know. But you'll know tomorrow when I get back on the airwaves at 6 a.m. Bo Dieter will be here tomorrow. He was in California the week before me on the same movie. And uh, everybody said he was great. He's always great, Bo. He's a great actor. So that'll be fun. And we'll have some more guests to announce later on in the day. So once again, Lou Rafino, great stuff with uh, the Foo Fighters and all that stuff today. Great to see you, Lou. Justin Ellick, Luke Legrano, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, the whole crew. We hope you enjoyed the Monday edition. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to keep you thoroughly entertained. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.